0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say
2: hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
3: Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now get 15% off your first order at burrow.com/acast. That's 15% off at burrow.com/acast.
2: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
4: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is The Mandalorian Report.
5: Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> come, come,
4: come, one of you. Secretions. Uh, I am Joseph Scrimshaw, and the person who always makes some kind of noise after I say the Mandalorian report is Ken Namsak. Traditionally, it had been music, but I really love that it is now segueing into a little bit of dialogue mood sample from the show itself.
5: Yeah, it is. I mean, I guess I could do a sound. boo boo Ha ha!
4: There you go. The big news flash of Chapter 22 of The Mandalorian is Jack Black in space. (laughs) Uh, We're going to get into it all, all of the strong and complicated feelings floating out there in the galaxy. But we do want to do a quick plug. We want to let you know that uh, we are pushing our patreon hey why couch it in any delicate language we are encouraging people to join us on patreon we have realized that that is our strongest means of support in a constantly shifting digital content environment <laughs> uh, we offer a lot i think we have a, a great fun space on our Discord for fans to discuss Star Wars in a positive way. Uh, they can disagree, but they keep it friendly. It's great. We're doing an Indiana Jones podcast and the build-up to Dial of Destiny that right now is available just on Patreon. We're building to a new goal of Jennifer Landa doing a series of YouTube shows that is basically NPR on Star Wars. So if any of that is of any interest to you, by all means, check out patreon.com slash center. And if it doesn't work for you in any way, Thank you for listening or watching anyway. Uh, Other bit of quick business here, Ken, is to let people know that we are on our way to Star Wars Celebration. Perhaps you can hear it in our voices that we're recording even (laughs) earlier in the morning. I apologize for the coffee, slurping sounds you will hear. Uh, So some schedule uh, bumps coming up. In particular, the next episode of The Mandalorian, Ken and I will both be in Europe. We'll be having the 8 a.m. experience watching it over there We will be traveling in different places at that point, so we won't be able to record. So our next Mandalorian report is going to be several days later. Our review, discussion, analysis of Chapter 23 of The Mandalorian will be out on Sunday, April 16th. Ken, did I miss anything? No,
5: you did not. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's a fun stress I'm experiencing right now to get on out of here. I uh, can't wait. And I do want to highlight one thing on the Patreon page. Uh, you know, we have we have that merch level, right? There's some some merch options there. Check out the level if that suits your needs and you're able to do it great. I got some messages from some people really excited. Uh, Brian Tiller and Paul DiNuzio uh, DM me on Discord. They're both very – they got notifications that they're getting merch. And they're excited. They're some of the first to get it uh, automatic through Patreon. So excited to, to share that. So is it an upsell on my part? Yeah, I, I used to work in a movie theater. You want a large popcorn? I'll, I'll get you a large popcorn. But uh, seriously, we like Joseph said, we really appreciate the support in this changing landscape. And I was uh, it was fun to get those messages.
4: That's really great to hear about the merch because, honestly, we we, we kind of reworked everything. So if you uh, you join at a specific level, you get a a one-time fun thing so we can leave most of the rewards open to everybody. So we can really grow the community and we're not sort of like walling things off. Yeah. 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 Awesome. All right. Let's get into it. We are discussing chapter 22 of The Mandalorian Guns for Hire, written by John Favreau, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. About 40 minutes of actual storytelling. Uh, We always like to talk about our experience. Of watching, Ken? Did you stay up? Did you have the midnight experience? How did it dovetail with your preparation for Star Wars celebration? What uh, happened to you last night?
6: Uh, well,
5: I, you, I yeah, uh, emergency trip to the pharmacy, uh, emergency trip to Target because I wanted a new pair of jeans. You can't leave without a new pair of jeans. <laughs> uh, all the stuff, and then I decided, you know, I'm going to miss a game stream this week. I need some energy. I'm gonna I'm gonna game stream on YouTube. So I played Fortnite. Our buddy Ken Plume joined me. A lot of people in the in, in the crowd watch him, and we did a countdown to Mando. So. It might have been telling me because I might have lost some time packing, but that I could have packed. But so I, I came crashing into the couch about eleven fifty five to watch this episode. But I had a lot of good energy and good vibes, and 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 that was a good mix. This episode we're going to get into. I, I just found me in the right vibe. It just hit me right where I was, loopy, and and I think it uh, it helped.
4: <laughs> that is really great. Uh, I also sat down for my traditional midnight experience uh, with a whiskey and some action figure friends. Uh, I almost just set out every action figure I have of anybody who has ever appeared in The Mandalorian because I don't know what's coming next. Uh, but Grogu and Din watched with me. Uh, I was a little affected by the fact, honestly, that, I, that I've spent the entire day feverishly packing for celebration, prepping for celebration, uh, trying to complete other life tasks for other parts of my life. And there is a, a little bit of like, Hey, Star Wars! Uh, I, I, I'm, I, you're interrupting me from Star Warsing. I'm trying to Star Wars, but now I got a Star Wars, which is a yeah. wonderful, wonderful problem to have. But I just want to be honest about it that that it mm-hmm. does, you know, uh, affect me a little bit. You know, uh, so mm-hmm. when I watched it at midnight, uh, I definitely enjoyed it, but I was just sort of like uh, exhausted and overwhelmed.
6: <laughs> yeah, And then
4: it, is, it is a different episode. It is a, 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 a fun, loopy, deep episode. Uh, so yeah. when I got up again to rewatch it, to really kind of pour through notes, I really felt like I got on its wavelength and I enjoyed it far far more uh, this morning. I guess the lesson is play Fortnite before Celebration to get yourself <laughs> in the right mood for Fun and pew pew pew. Uh, so that, that was a little bit of my journey. Let's get into our overall reactions. Um, how did you feel about it? Did you uh, love it? Is it just on? A, I like this one. Did you struggle with it? Do you fully embrace it, wrapped in four Dexter Jetster arms? Where'd you go?
5: I look. I where where do I go with this? I'm going to start here, Joseph. You said it was written by John Favreau. I'm convinced this was written by George Lucas. I think this is what George Lucas' episode seven would look like. I think this is closer to it. I think this is what he, Cloud City would have looked like if he had technology and money at the time. I really believe that. I'm about 30% joking, but I really think that the spirit of this is more George than anything we've seen in the last few years. I, 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 I will die on that hill. Uh, I, 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 and I think because of that – and this, this reminded me of a 1978 Marvel Star Wars comic um, – and so, therefore, therefore, I love that. I, I really, I really got to you, I love it. I, I, I don't want to be like I'm crossing my arms in a fun way and contrarian because I know I've already seen the discourse. Even in our own Discord, there's a lot of people not happy this episode. A lot of people not getting this episode. There's a lot of people we know and and love and respect out there tweeting things It's that's just not for them. And guess what? That's the right answer, right? We always say that that's the right answer for you. Um, I there's a moment in this episode when they're when they're we got the opening, which is is. You know, I was like, okay, curious. And then when they're they're heading to Plazier fifteen and there's that fanfare ringtone. And I thought maybe it was like an Nokia phone, like Bo Katan had a Nokia.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh,
5: I that to me, I'm I'm not joking. That was I went this oh, this episode's this isn't what anyone this is different. <laughs> and and th- this is taking me somewhere else and I just got the vibe. This doesn't mean again, I, if anyone's gonna come at the eh, it's it's too weird, it's too bonkers. I, I, I'm not I'm not even here to fight or debate you on it. Um I think that's right for you um what's right for me is just i just i don't know i i don't know it it was it was it was like watching season 2 of the clone wars in live action and i i i liked it sorry i'm apologizing but i liked it a lot
4: yeah i understand why some people wouldn't enjoy it or why some people would even go i get everything that's going on but i didn't like it as much as this episode or right. or this other star wars show um i think um uh, Star Wars contains multitudes, and to me, it's it's all about th- the hat you're wearing, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if you're like, I like this kind of Star Wars, and everything else is a little bit of a struggle for me, th- so be it. Uh, but I cannot agree with you more about the way that you're describing it. Um, if you want to die on a, this is a George Lucas episode, Hill, um, I will be up there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can have our discourse flamethrowers uh, ready to go, standing back to back on that hill. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This is the most George Lucas and prequel episode in a long time. And I think what I mean by that is some of the tone, the embracing of cool fighting, but also uh silly bonkers, uh, but a real interest in world building, mm-hmm. a real interest in. The politics. What do different societies believe and why? Get in there and, and wrestle for yourself of what's the morality of this? Who is right and why? And just the utter joy of politics, world building, and yes, sometimes characters just standing there and saying exposition fairly blatantly. I understand that that might be a bump for some people. That is a part of Star Wars And it always has been. And Mm -hmm. it it even had a little bit of of that tone. Um, So I think it's it's very George Lucas. It is very Clone Wars in particular. I thought that and then I immediately saw uh, on social media after I wrote down my notes, a lot of people also kind of comparing it to Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's because... um, this episode is one that really sort of embraces <laughs> all parts of the beast of Star Wars, right? The mm-hmm. mix and mix of action, comedy, intrigue. This was a detective episode. This reminded yeah. me of detective Kenobi, you know, in uh, attack the clones um, mm-hmm. with the, the, <laughs> the fun, weird tentacle moment and the, the real <laughs> emphasis on romance between uh, the corn yeah. in the Moncala, but also between the Duchess and Captain Bombardier. Um, There's a real focus on romance and romantic love. It, it was that kind of classic Star Wars. Like, hey, you, you if you were uh, around in the 20s and 30s, and you you went to the dime store, and there are all these uh, pulp novels, and some were westerns, some were weird space creatures, uh, some were just the uh, people kissing, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you mash them together, and you come out with this weird thing uh, that is Star Wars. So I, I think there's all that going on. But then here's an I, I want to touch on the the funky cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that there is multiple, you know, uh, uh, parts of Star Wars, like like I was just talking about that we talk about often. But there's also this real direct tension between. The, the cool and the badass, you know, the the Vader and the Boba Fett and the mall and the, the Luke is in pain. What is he going to do? Han Solo is frozen carbonate, uh, versus the bonkers, the, the, the silly, the 3PO pratfall fall jokes, you know, the mm-hmm. Jar Jar stepping and poopoo, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, um, th- there's a real tension between those. There always has been. I think Bryce Dallas Howard is always interested in playing with those they're obviously in the scripts that john favreau gives her um but chapter five of book of boba fett return of the mandalorian was almost a direct acknowledgement of this where the first half was mm. grim cool star wars on a space station where mandalorians fight for honor and mm. then uh, you know a half an hour of uh belly moto <laughs> jawa jokes while yeah. convincing din to to find joy right So I think there's a a specific sort of Bryce Dallas Howard interest in navigating the extremes of Star Wars. And I think that was a, once again, like in Chapter 5 of Book of Boba Fett, a purpose-driven choice. I think, to me, that's what that funky cell phone tone was about. You got Din and Bo-Katan kind of holding down the, the cool and the badass. They're warriors. Can they bring mandalore together who who will wield the dark sable who will ride the mythosaur will the armor try to kill them both they're on a mission and they're they're in that vibe in that look in that that cell phone is like surprise (laughs) (laughs) purposeful tonal shift because then they are entering a world that isn't just um silly and wacky as a side thing it's a part of the story Mm. that this Mm. is a gorgeous light-hearted paradise and they are entering it so i i feel like if people struggle with the contrast or or if they don't like the sillier side or, or the the more bonkers side of star wars fair enough but i think maybe try to engage with the episode as something that is truly talking about that divide and playing with it
5: yeah uh yeah, no, uh, it pulls you in. There's this, the key line, the first we hear from Captain Bombardier is join us, come. It's a party now. There's a lot of serious things in this episode as uh, as we find out. Uh, the politics of it all, what it means, but I think there's a vibe to it there. And I'll say as much as I love this episode, I, I don't want anyone to think that, that means this is a top five rewatch for me, right? Like that, that doesn't mean it. And I think you said it earlier too. Like I've already seen some people. Totally get what's going on. Totally get the themes. I watch these things. I pick up on it. Just not my favorite. I I, I still think that works. And even maybe works for me. I don't go to this kind of t- Star Wars first on a list. But I think you're right. It's a big mashup of it. Um, but I think as, yeah, I, I met it where it wanted me to go. I wanted to have that party. I wanted secretions. And, <laughs> um, yeah, to those listening who are just shaking their heads going, it's not for me again. Um now, I'm never here to change your mind. Never here to change your mind. But I, I think Joseph, you're right. Yeah, you go on this journey with this, this episode. You might see it differently.
4: Yeah. No. I mean, I, I want to hopefully, you know, share what we experienced, uh, open some potential doors, and then if anybody wants to walk through them themselves, <laughs> it's not a better room. It's just a different room. Um, yeah, yeah. So for me, there's that real tension between the 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 dark and the cool, and the the light and the fun and the silly but what really spoke to me when I watched it and spoke to me even more this morning and elevated it to more of a rewatch episode for me is the commitment to world building. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been a favorite thing for me on, on Star Wars rewatches. Just watching those little moments where there's some set of different technology, the droid does this in a different way. Or you see, like, I remember one of the times watching Phantom Menace and noting, noticing that um, there were little houses built into the, the, into beggars Canyon. Like, mm-hmm. Who lives mm-hmm. there? What's all that about? Like those little details are always fun for me, but I think another way into enjoying this episode, if you want to enjoy it more is All those details of world building and cultural perspective are not only, not only is the episode rich with them, um, everything from the the tank chair to droid rights to droid bars to government structures to uh, Ugnaught haircuts, uh, it, it is rich with details, but the details of the culture are also the point. We talked a lot about the Bad Batch partially being a tour of the galaxy just as the Empire brings the the crushing boot of tyranny down. Mm-hmm. The Mandalorian is really morphing into a show that is a tour of the galaxy in the early days of the New Republic. How are different cultures changing and adapting? Mm-hmm. That's what this episode is about in a large way. And to me, if you if you sat down and said, I'm not watching this to see how far Din's story progresses, and I think it progresses. I'm not necessarily watching this for super cool action. I'm watching this with the one question in my mind of how do different cultures change and adapt? What are the best structures of society? Mm-hmm. If you watch it with that question on your mind, I think the episode has a lot to offer, and I certainly understand if, if somebody's like, that sounds like homework, and I don't want to watch it that way. Yeah. That's where I found a ton of joy and surprise and fun and rewatchability in the episode myself.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Right there with you on that. Some big themes to talk about. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, from, and, 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 there's some castings in here that I know some people have already seen. Eh, it takes me out, takes me out. That, that might just come down to taste. Uh, I, I'm a long-time Jack Black fan, so I just was thrilled by it. I am familiar with Lizzo, uh, but just having her there, her character—I thought was just the, the design of her outfits, everything about it was so Star Wars, and and uh, just loved seeing her. And I think she, she represented you know, the Grogu of it all. It was all there. And look, you know, Christopher, I, Christopher Lloyd, man, he, he's a legend from from Taxi on for me. Like, um, uh, you know, it was fun to see it, but I, but I think, you know, I heard, I've seen that too. Ah, some of the stuff took me out again uh tasting totally get it cuz there's been other times I've experienced that um I get it you know I get it but let's 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 meet these characters at this party and find out
4: yeah no I I really agree with that and and I think I I'm like somewhere in between you know of mm-hmm. you know what I think would would help me <laughs> is if they said their space Star Wars character names immediately <laughs> so I didn't have to spend half the episode going Ah, space Lizzo has a good point, and I, I think I agree with space uh, Captain Jack Black. You know, yeah. uh, they do yeah. say their names relatively quickly, but like for me, that was I like it, it helps me sink into the character if I don't have to think of them as space Lizzo and space Jack
5: Black. Yeah, yeah, no, it's funny. Even in my notes, it wasn't until this morning where I was like, oh, oh, the, oh she's saying Captain Bombardier because I had turned on the subtitles finally. It's like, all right, I I will erase Jack Black for my
4: notes. Yep. Yep, Uh, I did the same thing, the exact same journey. Uh, Final big picture thought, and and I think we'll we'll, uh, get into it as we discuss the the big ideas. I also just don't feel like this episode is like a, you know, why did we pit stop here? The only thing that really moves the, the story forward is the Mandalorian conflict at the end. Uh, With the Darksaber, I understand, again, from like a just uh, nuts and bolts plot perspective. Yep, that's what happens to move the the big picture story forward. But I think this uh, show and this season in particular uh, keeps dealing in moving things forward on a thematic level. And I think Din and Bo taking a tour of all of these different cultures and societies struggling to work together and be understood by one another continues to raise this big question of what will the Mandalorian culture be? And in particular, if they get to be at peace, what the hell kind of culture is that for Mandalorians? If they don't have anyone to fight, I feel the que- the, the episode raising that question by them seeing all these other perspectives. Uh, absolutely. I think that, uh, that's a great way to segue into
5: some of the big stakes and themes.
4: Yeah, let's do it. So, for you, how did you break it down? What uh, what big uh, ideas were at play in this episode for you? I I want to
5: start actually kind of where you picked off because I, I I picked up um or left off. I will pick up and um, are we on that flight yet? Um, <laughs> here's I, I I think I've I've seen too, we We've discussed this even we you and I've discussed this. There's some clip outs and uh, Q and A stuff and Q and A episode last week of what is season three of the Mandalorian about and. I really, really believe it's pretty focused. I, I really do. I would, I would fight back against a little bit of the. Of, of the it's an unfocused season. It, it, it's about reestablishing Mandalore and not just the planet. A building, a house, culture and cultures, and the ongoing debate of who is a Mandalorian, what is a Mandalorian. He doesn't even have Mandalorian blood. No, he took the vow. that's, that's what we do. All that stuff is constantly at play, and this was an episode. Again, this might be something you got, and maybe you didn't need it, and you wanted, or you wanted it told in a different way. I, I could totally see that, but I think this episode is a journey through that it, it, to the point where one of my favorite moments is they're 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 in the hyperloop car, which I loved, uh, and and they're heading to Axe Woves and Company. And what are you going to do? I'll find out when I get there. To me, means she she's. It's not that she's unsure. I think she's open-minded to what what the situation needs. What do they need? What do I need to do? And what have I learned on this journey through this planet so far was how I took it. And, and to me, that is um so this dark saber moment, um, this, you know, clerical air type of getting it type of thing we'll talk about <laughs> later. I, I enjoyed it, but I understand some yes. questions about it. But there's also been some people who had predicted it. One of our, our listeners, I think, tweeted us like, Back on March 9th, and he highlighted this morning, I think Ryan, uh, Ryan is his name. I was like, look, hey, uh, she kind of won it from, from the spider monster. All that stuff's at play. But to get there, you go on this journey that is about um, how you move forward. You're, you're, you, we keep touching on it. This is what this episode is about. The convert now seems to be the galaxy. And here's this society that seems to have found a way forward. Uh, there's all these things that play under that how you move forward headline to me. The communication, bridging gaps, cultures coming together. Love, love I say, driving you forward. And everyone, everyone, I could run down the list, but let's, let's move on the conversation. But I could, everyone here has an, it shows an example of I was this, but I'm doing this. You can communicate this way to them. Uh, this is the way, the best way to do it. Uh, meeting, meeting the needs of the people, giving people the chance. Giving the, the the droids, you know, the droid bar was a great scene of just like, hey, I can hear you, and I'd like to help. Um, give me a chance. And all running up against very clearly. I'm I'm giving this overview of it. I understand, but Christopher mm-hmm. Lords, Commissioner Hellgate completely being this wall to progress, right? It, 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 and and holding on. It's so what's at play in every episode, but this to me, as we head f- towards the final two um, of, of this season was kind of like this final, dare I say, lesson for Bo-Katan, Din Djarin, and more. I think there's obviously more to learn. Characters learn things in every episode. So I, I know that, but in a season, so much about change in a series, so much about change and how you're reprogrammed and how you rehabilitate it. Uh, this is a final uh, you know your final project your final paper surprise, <laughs> before you figure out actually how to do this
4: no i i really agree with you i think there's some some great stuff that i want to talk about a uh, mm-hmm. uh, sort of lessons of leadership and i think there is the the great uh there's almost a presentation to me of uh, din and Bocatan Katan are our strongest together mm-hmm. and Bocatan makes that argument uh consistently. Uh, that Mandalorians are stronger together. It's great to hear triumphantly sort of return to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they both have their, like, stumble of, uh, she doesn't get Ugnats Oh, gross, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he still can't quite trust droids, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. But they get through it together. They kind of take turns making better leadership choices. So I, I think yeah. there's a lot there to discuss. I love that you're, you're touching on that. But I, I definitely want to dive into the overall theme in this season of of change, who wants change, what kind of change is being made. Uh, I think it's really great that you described it as uh, blocking progress. Mm-hmm. I thought this whole season, we've really got different uh, visions of change, of who wants it, who's holding it back, uh, who who tries to change and falls back into their old ways. This episode, I felt like there was a, a real highlight on change, particularly in the shadow of trauma. which is the kind of change that is happening. Um, Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. episode was yet another society trying to find a way forward in more fear of individuals and cultures slipping back into the old ways. And it was in the shadow of the trauma of the Galactic Civil War. But, you know, not just a fun canon mention. It's really important that it is still bearing the scar of the Clone Wars. And in the grand scheme of things, right, a republic that's basically been at peace, hey, some bumps, mm-hmm. <laughs> for a thousand years, and then this galaxy-wide clone war, and there's no chance to heal or discuss the trauma from that because you're immediately thrust into a tyranny and then another revolution, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're coming out of decades of trauma, you know, kind of the, the whole galaxy is sort of poking their head out of a bunker going, Can we even try to have Mm -hmm. good things? And how do we define good things? I thought um, Duchess Lizzo's uh, line uh, about her husband. Sure, he's made some mistakes in the past, but who among us has not? Is there no room for a little bit of forgiveness in a galaxy so vast? Mm -hmm. I thought that was a a key statement to this season of Mandalorian, this episode uh, in particular. Um, Mm -hmm. That idea of, it's a very Star Wars idea of like, it goes goes to Luke saying, hey, maybe there's a possibility that uh, that uh, Anakin is still in there and mm-hmm. maybe my my true father will make a better choice. Right. Mm-hmm. It, this idea of can you be strong enough? Can you be brave enough to try to trust, to mm-hmm. to deal with the fear of of trying that? And I think there's a, a, a lot of that going on in this episode. Um, I, I want to get into. Uh, uh, not not Christopher, not space Christopher Lloyd. He has a name, and it's <laughs> Commissioner <laughs> Hellgate. A damn cool name. I want to get into a little bit of Commissioner Hellgate, but I also want to pause and give you the talking hammer yeah. back to see if you have any any general thoughts.
5: We now officially need the four center hammer. Maybe that'll be some uh, uh, merch we can sell later on. Um, or just have uh, passed virtually. I know one of the things I love that you said is it's this isn't just a season of like hey y'all want to change, cool we want to change. Stuff has happened, things have happened. And I can pull that out and attach it to uh, not only my own life, but I think us of I don't know the last three, four years, things have happened. We've been frayed at the seams. Uh, you looking here, the United States of America, the rest of the world sells some stuff too. We we all have it, and 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 there's still things in our in our collective past that we're trying to get through, or try to understand better, and trying to find the best way. Forward And yes, some people have some strong opinions on how to do that. And and you can have those real world debates or you could just, you know, do a, a, a dart to the chest and say politics like Bo-Katan. That can move you forward <laughs> real fast, too, which is a moment I absolutely love. Um, but yeah, there's 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 a reason for this change and there's a reason that everyone's going, hey, we got to look at the best way forward. The Mandalorians are trying to rebuild from absolute Annihilation and destruction. I enjoyed too um, in in the the preview for the episode and the look back. I mean, it highlights what did not said. What do the Mandos stand for? What do we stand for? They're we're, we're scattered. They're scattered, and so there's a reason. If we're going to rebuild this, it isn't like it's, that's why I said you don't just uh, rebuild Sundari City and move back in. It's it's beyond that. So beyond that, and to find a society that exactly. Right, that used to have just just be a royals. Now there's elected people, and it just happens they elected the royals. But Jack Black was an imperial, but but changed and moved forward, and is and is committed to that. There was no turn, right? Which is one of the reasons I enjoyed Jack Black in this role, Uh, um, and I love his beard. It's a beard goal for me. But there was no, (laughs) yeah, there was no dark shadow behind his eyes. Uh, this wasn't, uh, you know, Laya Kane, who, who's, who's this wonderful character. I want to see more of and develop that plotline. But like, you know what I mean? Like, he was like, "No, no, I did some things, and I've changed. And I found love, and I want to move move forward because we we need to. Or else we're yeah. going to be stuck in the cycle." And I think that's really important that you highlighted that the change comes from trauma, and and, and, and there's a reason for it.
4: Yeah, and and he's not even Pershing, right? Kane's like a true believer who lies mm-hmm. that there's even a possibility to change. There's no possibility to change. Pershing kind of wanted to change, mm-hmm. but but found it easier to slip back into the old ways. You know, right, right. Um, and, and I totally agree with you with uh, with uh, Captain Bombardier. I, I I wonder if uh, like Mace Windu requesting a purple lightsaber, Jack Black is like, I might need my name to sound like a thing I would say in a movie. Yes. Yes, I want my name to be Bombardier. <laughs> um Yeah, so I I think you're you're spot on. I think in the big picture, this episode is a win for change mm-hmm. because we've seen you know uh, Navarro City struggling to move forward. The Pirates want to drag it back right Mm -hmm. uh we Mm -hmm. saw the entire convert episode which is about people uh falling back the mandalorians are continuing to wonder about who who they're going to be how they're going to move forward um Mm. i think this idea of uh retaking mandalore um i don't think that's just about the planet i mean i think that means like retaking Mm -hmm. the culture of mandalore being a nation being a government, you know, what is that going to be? They're still wrestling with it. They're still wondering if they can move forward. This episode is we did it. We move forward. We're committed Mm -hmm. to moving forward. It's bright and happy, which is why the episode feels and moves and looks the way it does, because they're a symbol of success. And there's this uh, element that is trying to draw them back and they're captured, you know, Mm -hmm. and show, a little bit of guilt maybe (laughs) even yeah um but i want to get into the heart of it because i i think that is like the the big picture of what's going on on plazir 15 but i think to me this is where the value is is there's lots of really interesting details and questions if you want to sink into it Mm -hmm. um we've got the picture of who uh, commissioner hellgate is right uh, some of it's quite straightforward. Mm-hmm. The droids were originally made, their original programming is violence. So he's going to drag them back to it, right? Yeah. Um, he's going to drag us back to the Clone Wars. Uh, he does not want to move in the future. He seems to think that uh, w- whatever is wrong with the society, in his view, is the fault of this uh, imperial presence of <laughs> mm-hmm. a bombardier who seems to be just duly elected following rules, having a great time, throwing parties. I'm sure he's got some sort of instrument. Uh, and it's, it's only by the luck uh, of a problem at the dinner party that he was not on the table playing a, a space loot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seems yeah. like a good, maybe we'll see him rock out with the, yeah. the Renfair yeah. band in the, the courtyard of Navarro. <laughs> uh, but I, I think Commissioner Hellgate is is not just this. Not He doesn't just want to block progress, right? He wants to drag mm-hmm. society back. He wants to keep the droids what they are. They're not friends. They don't have their own society. They're tools of violence controlled by himself. Mm. And he, I think, and I, I, th- I think the uh, episode is a- offering you to ask questions and, and have opinions. And my opinion is he is a picture of somebody who is causing the malady, he's accusing society of Mm -hmm. saying this society is broken. This new way of doing things isn't working. Mm -hmm. I'm not actually seeing any of the problems that I believe this horrible society is going to lead to. So I'll cause them, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, that relates to very real world things. I think I'm going to stop myself short for making a specific example. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But Mm -hmm. when you're told that, Hey, there's this threat to our society that you should fear, and then it's not really manifesting. So then you try to get people to believe it's there, either through fakery or cause it yourself, and then go look, look what look what the bad people have been telling you to be afraid of did you know? Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of uh, a lot to to dig into his uh, perception of what is wrong with society. Yeah. Is he at all correct uh, that the reliance on droids is infantilizing the culture, right? or is he just afraid of that and making it happen?
5: Yeah, no, yeah, I, I love that point of, of. Uh, that's kind of, they're in that first scene, I was wondering, like, what, what, what are they trying to say about him? You know, um, I, I didn't trust him immediately, oh, not because I've uh, watched Back to the Future, but because I watched Roger Rabbit, I didn't trust him. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I love what you say. To, to, to just... You know, direct in terms of Star Wars, these droids are dangerous. Look at what they're doing. But you're doing it. My point exactly. Like it's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, I got it. I got it. And 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 I love you, know, dragging back is a great way. Um, and that there's no reason. And, and the question you're asking about it is all right, is is that what is um is that is what's happening to the society? If I don't know, if you remove the droids, maybe those those artists in your community uh, would empty the trash. Who knows? Have you asked anybody? Were you just sitting in this room? disconnected from it all stew in your own fear
4: yeah exactly and, and i think for me and again this is an opinion and i think that that's this is what's fun to engage with it uh inform opinions his brief political speech is is fun in a canon way because he's a separatist and the the, yeah. the hey the separatist is a pejorative term <laughs> the the name check of count Duku being a visionary is great but for me what it means is This is a person who now for decades has known what they're against. Mm -hmm. They're against the Republic. They're against the Empire. Now they're against the new Republic. Uh, Hellgate is a person who has an idea of an idealized society that exists in theory that Dooku spoke of. And in my opinion, as a Sith Lord, spoke of with utter manipulation. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. He, he may, maybe at one point, Dooku had a vision of a grand society. We know that he right. did, you know, in the Tales of the Jedi episodes, it's great that he does pick out actual dysfunction within the Jedi and within mm-hmm. the Republic. It's not like he didn't have legitimate concerns, but whatever government structure he was selling to people to enjoy the, enjoy, uh, to join the confederacy of independent systems, it's never been torture tested. It's mm-hmm. never been real. So Hellgate is a figure who is saying, I am against everything that has been practical and real and flawed. And I am for an imaginary thing <laughs> mm-hmm. that has never been torture tested mm-hmm. by by reality. Mm-hmm. And we, as the audience know, at least some part of it is a horrific manipulation. Because I do not believe that if everything went the way Dooku wanted it and the Clone Wars were won... He somehow killed Sidious, usurped power. He's still a Sith Lord. He wouldn't have just been like, "And I had to do some bad things." But now here's my beautiful, perfect society. He would have been a tyrant. His name is Darth Tyrannus. Yes, you know, yes. Oh, 100
5: percent. I always go to Christopher Christopher Lee's description of the character. He 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 he's he's immoral because he's all about his own power himself, um, and that would have played out easily. And yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Hellgate saying that it, it it's uh, very meta, but it's almost like. Oh, he watched the first episode, second episode of Tales of the Jedi and turned it off after.
6: <laughs>
5: like, <laughs> he stopped. Yeah. You know, which is part of, I think, the genius of the Dooku character. It's taken stuff that, yeah, you're, you're right. Like you said, yeah, 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 no one's saying this is perfect and you could focus on that all day. All, all the things that are broken, but, but how do you move forward? How do you fix it? You know, which ties again to me in the big picture of the man does.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really fascinated by Hellgate in his Mm -hmm. perspective, but I'm also really fascinated by Plazier 15. Uh, This is the part where it gets really George Lucas because it gets into crunchy (laughs) ideas of uh, how should you organize a society? What works? What doesn't? Uh, It's not too heavy handed. So I think it lets you come to conclusions Um And and this is the part for me, like, if you want to try to get on this episode's wavelength, dive into this, right? Mm. um, Plazier 15 is moving forward, trapped in the shadow of the Empire, trapped in the shadow of the Clone Wars. There's this picture to me where Plazier 15 has uh, many thoughtful, well-intentioned rules, uh, but they risk being caught in bureaucratic red tape, right? They risk Mm. being dysfunctional um and, and on, unable to address problems they have this sort of paradise society they have a direct democracy which means the people just vote right mm-hmm. um and they also have the rules of the new republic that they have to abide by that causes them to disarm so you can watch the episode and go oh th- this is this is a paradise that's that's not working cuz they don't have a standing military they can't even have blasters so they got to do this mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. so you could look at it as like oh it's being critiqued right but then you realize it, it, the more that it's discussed um they talk about how um they've held direct democratic elections for the first time in our history it is direct democracy it's a pluralistic society which means mm-hmm. everybody's culture is welcome and they're trying to figure out how everybody can accommodate one another's cultures and live together uh they say that without a standing military um all of our resources go to growth and the people so all that mm. silly stuff uh, uh all the the you know mm. the um really nice clean streets uh the mass transit system that works <laughs> really well perfection <laughs> the beautiful lawns mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not just background. That's not just world building. That's perspective about mm-hmm. where money could go if a lot of people were working together and they weren't constantly uh, mm. escalating uh, military, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hear that the that the people there spend their days engaging in recreation, the arts, <laughs> arts. participating in direct democracy. That is a MF mm. and George Lucas line. They have the time and the energy and the encouragement to go, this is the issue on the table. And because you're not being ground down to dirt from (laughs) working 16 hours a day for horrible wages, you actually have the mental and emotional space to sit around and go, what do I think about this thing that's up for a vote? I Mm -hmm. do have time to research it. I do have time to discuss it. And we're kind of introduced to those ideas from this perspective of Hellgate saying basically like (laughs) they're artsy infant babies who can't even make a salad for themselves. This is a broken society, but that's a perspective of somebody who is trying to break the society. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I think everything that we actually see from that society is people working together and people building a real beautiful paradise. And I think it's coded that way in the way it looks, in the way the mass transit functions, in the fact that this is a happy victory where a society does get to move forward. That's my take. Mm-hmm. But I think there's lots of ways to take it and wrestle with it. What do you think about Plazier 15? Like, do you want to move there? Do you agree with it politically? Where do you go? I, I, I,
5: yeah, no, I would. I, I think I would. Um, um. I like a little more grime sometimes, uh, you know, city kid, but um, no, no, no. I I really love what you're saying because this is the George Lucas of it all. This is, while this is wild bonkers fantasy at times, this is, this episode is so sci-fi, right? I keep highlighting the pulp sci-fi of the seventies Marvel comics, but basically to me sci-fi is a, a look towards our own future through a story right like what could mm-hmm. we be? Uh, what are we that's why the star trek lean sci-fi star wars leads fantasy but I, I do think they all kind of hit at the same spot it's just a, maybe the, the dressing is different and and um that's what i talked about like with the jack black character but i think overall closer 15 there was there wasn't uh there wasn't a shadow there wasn't something uh, around the dark corner there wasn't um you know i was waiting you know i think I might have been trained in past storytelling to Jack Black. Din and Bo Catan walk out and Jack Black goes, all right, we've got them here. Like, there was none of that. This was what it was. It was functioning. And I love there was that you highlighted the conversation of like, oh, yeah, no, we have this. This restriction is on us because of this. I know. I don't feel good about it. But I'm moving forward and we're doing OK. This is this is this is uh, we're functioning. And I think that's important to look at it. It, It's a big statement from Star Wars. Uh, Absolutely is. And it's always been there. You you talk about the tension of Star Wars often being about maybe no wars. Uh, And how do we get to that? But also, how do we, uh, you know, they have to hire these privateers. It's needed. It's a reality. So that's what we do. That's what we do. But, uh, and and I I thought um, there was just a lot of joy in that. A lot of joy. You're also making me feel guilty because I do have a Roomba. And since I don't have to sleep anymore, I'm not putting my energy into other things as much.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, to me, that's what's fascinating because it's what a lot of science fiction was about in various moments of industrial revolution and technological revolution, right? It's, it's always yes. portrayed as, well, when when we can automate a lot of our lives – what else are we going to have room for? Yeah. And you no, know, I, I don't need to go into to rabbit holes of uh, opinions in, in essays about why technology hasn't left more room for the arts, for discussion, mm-hmm. for community, for discovery. Um, I think there's some reasons uh, in, mm-hmm. in in our <laughs> our mm-hmm. own society that that hasn't happened. But, but a lot of what's on display in Plazir 15 is a legitimate discussion. It's a legitimate mm-hmm. choice that we could make, right? Mm-hmm. That we could say like, Yep, we do need to have some sort of, you know, uh, defense league. Yeah. Um, And it seems like Plazier fifteen would if the New Republic wasn't like, hey, you're a brand new government with uh, an ex-Imperial as one of your leaders. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not right now. Good for you. But there's nothing against them contracting. So it's not like they're like just like pie in the sky.
6: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Loosey-goosey. It's all fine. They're, fine. they're saying, like, yep, yeah, no, there, there can be problems. So mm-hmm. we've hired them out. We, we have this problem now. We, we've come ra- come into this workaround. We're a pluralistic mm-hmm. society that respects culture. Weapons are a part of your culture.
1: Right. you are making yeah. it work. So they're not just, like,
4: <laughs> no weapons ever, right? Uh, yeah. But they are invested in, like, what gives us joy? And, and why can't we f- spend more time doing the things that are Joyful and fill our souls, Mm -hmm. and and the episode goes so far as to show us that everybody operating in society, the Ugnots like that. That's their culture, Mm -hmm. right? The Droids like this. That's their culture. The episode goes out of its way to show this is a culture that is working in harmony, except for this problem that popped up, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the problem Mm -hmm. was caused by a guy who doesn't want this society.
5: Yeah. Uh yeah that the, yeah you you one of those bumper sticker moments you're highlighting the te- tension it, this isn't this naive dream world, plus fifteen is not it, it's it's a lot of dreaming in it but it is not uh, uh blind reality of the galaxy, um but Hellgate's convinced it is to me, <laughs> you know, mm hmm like so therefore stop it all press the stop button,
4: <laughs> yeah and and I think there is an element of comedy in an, an element of criticism is is. Uh, I don't think Hellgate is right at this point where he's like, oh yeah, if I turn off the droid, society will collapse. Like, will it? That's his perspective. Yeah, yeah. But it's also, I think, worth worth asking ourselves. In and in a thing that I think every generation yells at clouds every time something else gets automated.
5: Mm-hmm. And people
4: are like, well, what are you going to do when you don't remember your, your your buddy's phone number? You can't just have them programmed in a phone. Like, what do you mean there's a compass on your phone? Oh, don't kids learn about the North Star? Like, every time there's in evolution there's a fear of society becoming yes infantilized to the new technology so i think that's a fascinating thing to be like how how do you feel about that how do you is is he right in plazier 15 are we is there anything in our culture right now that's infantilizing us these are the kind of questions that i think make this episode exciting
5: Yeah, because they're all okay to ask, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I just lost a writing job to AI. I've got some questions. I've got some (laughs) questions. Um,
4: Yeah, you're going to go full Commissioner Hellgate, aren't you?
5: (laughs) I'm going to press the button, Marty. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. And and, and I think you said earlier, this episode begs you to ask these kind of questions. Just, Just, again, going to Dooku. Is asking questions, and uh, that uh, to me that that Obi Wan could Obi seen in, in, in tech Clones is so much about him going. I'm going to tell you some truth cause ain't no one else telling you this, and then you're you're invited to explore it, explore what that means. What it means Mm -hmm. for you. What's the best way forward? All those kind of things. Uh, So that's why I do... I really did like this episode uh, for this big picture stuff. Not just Jack Black's beard. Though that's 40% of why I liked it.
4: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, the the beard was great and his attitude was great. Uh, Lots of great Jack Black moments if you (laughs) could get past (laughs) the fact (laughs) that it was space Jack Black. Yeah. yeah, So uh, apologies for spending as much time on Plaza 15, but I think to me that is the the heart of the episode and I think rewarding when you dig in yeah. I do think there were lots of other episodes that that ha- that supported this theme of of change in, in the shape of uh, in the shadow of of trauma right um, mm-hmm. this is great to see Din almost fall back into his droid hating ways right mm-hmm. <laughs> and say mm-hmm. see what happens when you rely on droids he had this bias that made that blinded him to yeah. what was really going on uh, Bo-Katan I don't know if she's had I don't know if this is trauma for her I don't know if she's had bad Ugnaught experiences but it was definitely judgy
5: um I was trying I was trying to think if there's anything in clone Wars because even in the in the hyper car, hyperloop car she had this kind of like knots <sighs> You know what I mean? And, and it's like, oh knots.
4: <laughs> She's down with the Ug part of knots uh, for sure. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh knots. Um, yeah. um mm-hmm. you know, the, the the opening scene, I think the uh, in, in a lot of ways the narrative point is Catching up with Axe Woe's his perspective on being a, a gun for hire, a mercenary, all that, which we can talk about. But that was uh, hey, culture is trying to move forward from the shadow of trauma. If you it's richer if you spent time with them in the clone wars and in lots of the publishing, but the Moncala and Quorin being at peace, Moncala itself having survived oh, uh, the Empire and 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 seeing these Star crossed <laughs> fish lovers, <laughs> even if the execution doesn't doesn't work for you, uh-huh. the idea of it is hey, here are you know, basically fish, Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. trying to move forward, be together and and dragged back to the past of like, nope, 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 Mon Collin Quarren We yeah. can yeah. We, we it's fine if we live in peace, but you two aren't touching tendrils. <laughs> Uh, fish in love and
5: Happens so fast uh, I love that opening more on Second view Because um, um, other than the Nokia cell phone that, that, That's pretty, that opening scene is a pretty Big indication of hey, something's going to be A little different this episode, but it, you know, it could go Many ways from that, but the second viewing of it Is really rewarding, and you highlighted why When they're like, when she's, the captain is saying Like, we're at peace, why would I Why, why, I don't I don't want to sacrifice That, why would Why? do <laughs> it And she's hiding things, isn't that? but like I thought it was a valuable line to saying if like, no, we are we we have moved forward. We're gonna to continue to move forward. Why would you stop that?
4: Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And and uh one other thing I want to highlight on this theme is the um that the future of Mandalore is very much on the table. It is a part of this, it's an easy line to ignore. Uh, but you know, this was an episode of the Mandalorian where where we went back to a little bit of uh I'll do this for you if you do this for me, which is um mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of times how how you know, people and culture can work together. Like, how can we help one another? That, that yeah. will build a bond between us. If, if, you know, if it isn't just totally mercenary, but more like, uh, let's help each other. Din and Bo-Katan are helping with the, track down the droid problem. Uh, but what is specifically offered to them is is this line. In fact, Plazier 15 would formally recognize Mandalore as a sovereign system and petition the New Republic to recognize it mm-hmm. as such that's an important line to me. And, and Bo-Katan yeah. looks at Din and Din even kind of has a little nod, like, yeah, that would help. And like, that's eh, pretty, pretty political for, yeah. for old Din Djarin. Um, But this idea that they're not just thinking forward to the, the future of Mandalore of physically retaking the planet, you know, depending mm-hmm. on exactly what that means and who will wield the dark saber and who will they be. Uh, but that idea of like, who are we going to be to the rest of the galaxy?
5: Yes. Yeah. Is
4: really, yeah. really important. We've just seen the Mandalorians fighting amongst themselves. We've seen the Mandalorians surviving. But if they can come together and be a culture, who are they to the rest of the galaxy? And and that line, that motivation for Din and Bo Katan is important.
5: Yeah, I I really like I said, I really do believe the season does have this through line, this focus. Sometimes maybe it's a, it seems a little blurry or definitely a little loud, like this episode. But <laughs> I I had put that note down of of uh, not just a fun little detail, but great so we all get together we have the mandalorian campfire of friendship now what it's important this is absolutely part of it
4: yeah yeah now what i mean i think the episode does get us much closer to that um i I want to talk about leadership i also want to talk about some of the great moments of uh, of the cultures and in, in what we learned about them right. is there uh, other ideas that you wanted to discuss
5: no no out of that comes probably a lot of my ideas uh, i'm i was just uh, energized by a lot of the uh, examples along the way of, of the differences so that does go into what you're talking about going through the cultures
4: awesome awesome yeah let's talk about the cultures then because man man that that's what made me want to rewatch both in the like the fun little star wars details and the like it it, it warmed my heart this morning to be like yeah This is I I will take so much of this in Star Wars of the the world building from the fun perspective, but also if Star Wars is going to continue to promote the idea that everyone matters, we have to work together, we're stronger together. Let's avoid conflict when we can. It's helpful to me to sometimes get down into the details of what do different cultures believe, what do they want and how are they going to work it out when it's maybe not compatible with one another, you know, Mm -hmm. Um. So there's the big Mandalorian stuff that that's, you know, I think in some ways, the, you know, the most direct sense this the show is called The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we are treated to many different cultural perspectives. You know, it's powerful to me that Axe uh, Woes is determined to present their mercenary life as honorable, right? right like right. he's speechifying in that opening uh, to tell them the, the Mon Calo, uh or the Quarren captain what's going on but it's almost like he wants to hear it and he wants his people to hear it, that he's all about honor. And Costca Reeves line is a little bit of an eye roll, right? When the, when the mm-hmm. prince says, I thought Mandalorians were honorable. And Casca Reeves is like, we are a kid. All it takes is a few credits. So it seems like Casca is kind of chafing, rolling her eyes at, uh, mm-hmm. we're, 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 oh, we're not mercenaries. I guess we're privateers, <laughs> uh, and Axe Wolves is is really trying to pump it up about like yeah we're we're loyal you know if you pay us we're gonna do what we're gonna do and he's he's trying to make the idea of of being a mercenary honorable. Did you yeah. feel that? And what did you think about that?
5: Yeah, no, there's a weird tension not just uh, with him and 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 Casca, but even just obviously with obviously with him and Bo, there's some tension. But there was that line of that's kind of why he left as Bo wanted to take over a rule and 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 he left And I didn't take it immediately as. Um, As uh, especially when he left, that he had a problem with her leading that maybe how maybe how she saw it. I don't know. That's where I kind of went with it there, too. And so, yeah, there's I think he's trying to form what that means. He likes the role of leadership. He says that as much. Of course, you get to sit there and sip coffee while
4: everyone throws balls in the park around you. Uh, But uh,
5: (laughs) yeah, I I think he's exploring that as well.
4: Yeah, and I think that the conflict at the end, we, we got so much uh, perspective. And what I took from from Axe is like, you know, I don't know where he was. Uh, he wasn't on the mission uh, where they captured mm-hmm. Moff Gideon, right? But it seems like he got the report of like, so this cultist freak, Din Djarin, mm-hmm. <laughs> got the Darksaber. In Bo-Katan, you didn't even try to kick his ass? You didn't yeah. even try to take it from him. You're no leader. You know, right. Right. That, that's what it feels like to me because that seems to be like the part of uh, the, the born-on Mandalore of Mandalorian blood perspective that that's a part of the culture that's super important to him, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, so I thought that was great. I thought it was, it, it's been floating around. We've been concentrating on how Mandalorians who are of Mandalore uh, look at the children of the Watch. It was finally great to hear some just vitriol <laughs> about Dinjar and not being a real Mandalorian because he doesn't have any blood. Yeah. Um I, I so I, I really love that the uh, perspective, that contrast, but I thought what was really interested interesting to me about the the, the story of the Mandalorians in this episode is Bo-Katan is getting closer to what she wants, that Mandalorians are stronger together. Now she's got the Darksaber. Maybe she can make it happen. And this idea that she wants them to be a strong, independent, sovereign nation. But everything hanging over this episode is, it's called guns for hire, you know? Mm-hmm. Are, they, are Mandalorians meant to be warriors? Are they meant to be fighters? Is that the only way they can exist? Is it honorable? to be a gun for hire or do you have to find something honorable to fight for
5: mm, yeah um maybe this jumps too far ahead in, in the conversation with you so <laughs> we, I, so i i you, you sorry i'm actually excited because um i think there was one thing i was going to say a question in this episode was like this big thing of of bo getting the the blade back something i th- i think we figured might happen right and and i don't mm-hmm. know what i wanted out of that i don't know if i expected or even wanted din and her to have a knockdown drag out fight what if she killed din like what was he kill her that's not going to happen right so what how do we how do we come out of it so to so as we're talking about trying to go forward cultures we got this very clearly weapons are religion you know uh, captain jack black bombardier knows that uh mm-hmm. that's what he says it and you get this fight. She challenges him. Fine, as a warrior, I challenge you. you. Got this great fight. We'll talk about it after the break. But what got her the saber back was 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 compassion, connection, uh, you know, a, a good deed in a way, which uh is the honor part of their society, right? So I just, mm-hmm. it, it just you just listening to you talk it just elevated that moment for me. Where even after two viewings, I had some like, uh okay, it was a clerical there, right? Which was a fun joke to make, but to actually to break it down to what it meant, what what puts her in this position was not conquering it it was saving and and that just has a lot more value but to me to me as they're trying to build the society going forward and trying to take what they are and marry it with what they could be
4: i i love that i mean i think that minds of mandalore episode we talked a lot about bo katan and din having different perspectives and then both benefiting from one another's perspectives din din's absolute belief that you know the legends, the meaning that the culture has poured into the dark saber is is not frivolous and empty. It, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. these are ideas that we've made the choice to invest in. They mean something. These ideas, the, the creed, the way it brings us together, and and bo katan also being able to provide din with like, yeah, but here's the the hard reality: you didn't grow up here, you don't know these things, you know. Yeah. So yeah. they had these different perspectives in that entire episode. Is them literally Bo-Katan saving Din but them literally becoming stronger together and benefiting from yeah. one another's different perspectives and I love what you're saying to really really highlight that I, I think there was the tension with the Darksaber is Din didn't really want it ha- mm-hmm. hasn't seemed to put his back into mastering it yeah. uh, a little yeah. bit better with it but never really wanted it right and, mm-hmm. and Din uh, you know is not a, a shrinking violet right he, He'll he'll fight yeah. But he is, a, he is a man of honor. He'll only yeah. fight for the right things, and, and Bo-Katan is, an, is his ally. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. only ever helped him, and he's returned the favor, and she's returned the favor, and he's in her debt, and yeah. why would he fight her over this? It's not in his greed. Or, I mean, I guess maybe it is, uh-huh. but in him finally seeing a way forward and going, this fits in the rules, yeah. but it also supports my honor it supports what I believe in it supports what bo is fighting for stronger together and we know Din believes it because Din has said again and again that that why he believes in the creed is our people are scattered like the stars the mm-hmm. creed is what keeps us together mm-hmm. so it, it really really works for me I understand how just kind of in, in execution maybe for some people it sure. feels like you're, you were waiting for the fireworks and then you just handed it to her um, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but conceptually it's beautiful yeah no i i said i absolutely uh up
5: until this this podcast recording probably had a little bit of of, of myself rubbing up against that idea of just like ah, i wanted to, i don't know like gideon gets it later uh, you know it's a hot potato uh you you got uh, now we uh, in the lit when you write down your wikipedia list of rulers of mandor you got to include spider droid guy like you know he's he's officially got the title <laughs> reign it was a short oh. title reign uh but he got it um and so I had a little bit of that but now to just to just really put into what's going on with Bo-Katan from when we meet her, even having not not have we don't know the exact details of, of, of the, 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 her loss of the dark saber and how Gideon got it, but just what she's struggling with. She's sitting on that on that throne, going, "I I, I I'm supposed to be this warrior power. I, I don't I didn't even deserve it, but who she was makes her deserving of it. Her her gut reactions. I, I, I'm not I'm not turning away from helping." din when grogu shows up she shows up goes out to that ship well finally let's get rid of this guy oh no something's wrong her spirit her heart her drive stronger together all those things you're talking about it does thematically sync up in in, in a way that's maybe not as like you said the fireworks aren't there but it's um, it's really powerful
4: and I think it's possible that the fireworks are still coming, right? That the yeah. armor decides to take mm-hmm. that. Uh, you, mm-hmm. Whatever large conflict we're, we're heading toward, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about you know where, where things might actually be going. What does retake Mandalore mean? Um, I think there is still a possibility that, hey, m- multiple Mandalorian cultures are like one leader, but maybe the truth we're seeing is Din and Bo-Katan are stronger together and they should lead together. And Din still isn't quite... Mm. din is acting like a leader but i don't think he'd say i'm a leader right like yeah yeah. he gave that speech he suggested a massive change in their culture to go live on navarro in in the sun on his tract of land right Mm -hmm. um but he doesn't see himself as a leader and i think there is still a little bit it's honoring bo katan it -hmm. is what's best but like that final shot is is the two of them you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and is that going to become A conflict uh, uh, of can can the Mandalorian society change, and and can they lead together?
5: Yeah, yeah, and beyond just the shipping of it all, which people are certainly having fun. But yes, ooh,
4: yeah, a lot of shipping, a lot of of shipping.
5: Look, we've got we we got our romance, all we need up top with the captain and the squid.
4: (laughs) All right, hey, and we got uh, Captain Bombardier and the Duchess. Yeah, that's right. He's my Uh, love so a lot of a lot of cultural issues uh, about the mandalorians being raised and a lot of questions about where that's going to go uh, i also just wanted to highlight that you know Pleasure 15 itself is this unique culture right of uh of uh, mm-hmm. robots and more time for art and society and participating in democracy uh, the the beautiful domed cities which is i think great uh, this this is the shot that made everybody think we were getting a flashback to Mandalore in yeah. the good old days, right? But yeah. I think that was purposeful because it is vision of could Mandalorian society be like this? Um yes. probably not. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Um but it is a place that's you know beautiful and pleasant and all that. Um, but then within it we get all these other cultures of the the Ugnots and the idea that Din understands their culture that they pride themselves on their craft, that they mm-hmm. value direct honest uh speech. Uh, I think in in we get it from the Quarren too. Like this is the other thing where, where I keep saying like the details uh, are exciting me mm-hmm. it, in a, in a different Star Wars show. It might, or episode of Star Wars. It, it might just be fun background, but the episode starts with that Quarren captain in a cool tank chair mm-hmm. being fed a literal fish cocktail And like in a Star Wars movie. That'd just be like, Oh, that's a fun background tip of the iceberg storytelling. But in this episode, it's a part of the heart of it we're seeing different cultures with different ways of doing things. Mm. Um, the mm-hmm. Uggnots are more practical to the, to the episode and the droids, the droids are, this is huge, right? Yeah. Um, when, when I saw the trailer, I thought it was maybe the droid Gatra, but uh man, mm. I loved expanding this to see not droids are like, we've had enough organics. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we're, we're teaming up. Uh But like, we know who we are. We know what we are. We have a culture of our own, and our decision, in our culture is: you made us. You have these short, little, pathetic lives. <laughs> the least we could do is spend a part of our time making yeah. things work for you. Uh, in the the actual line, uh, we don't want to be replaced. We still have a lot to contribute. Human life is so short. They don't ask that much of us. Organic created us. It's the least we can do. It's really turning turning on its head some of the. Mm -hmm. uh legitimate discussion and jokes that we as star wars fans have made about like how horribly everybody treats 3po right yes the perspective that droids are like this is not not even all of our identity because we have droid bars and bars and we hang out and you know we flirt and (laughs) fight over (laughs) booze uh all sorts of things going on Mm -hmm. in there uh who knows what's going on in the back room um but we want to be of service. That's our culture. How did you feel about that? Is a, uh, you know, a decades long Star Wars fan hearing a droid yeah. say those things.
5: Yes. <laughs> Someone who, again, never really bought droid figures, overlooked them, stepped over them. <laughs> like, the sometimes. Um, uh, love you, Obi-Wan. Um, no, I, uh, I really love this. And I loved, again, Gus, what did we keep going on? It's one of these themes, I really am highlighting it, just like from, from Jack Black's, you know, up front, uh, I'm here to have a good time and there's no dark shadows. Ugnots, you know, this investigation did not un- uncover anything, them, with them, and the droids. And I was really kind of oddly moved about the droid bartender being like, number one, I, I hear you, which is funny. But two, like, we want to help. We want to move forward and work together, too. Like, like, give us that chance. You know, Din's coming in with a lot of droid baggage. Totally understand, maybe. Mm-hmm. But got to leave it at the door. It's the best way if you can. And, and and for Bo to have that moment of, you know, yes, it could be. But it, we don't know that they have anything to do with it or that this particular bartender the one serving him the, the Penthe with the reprogramming stuff uh, for bad stuff. You know, and so I, I actually was kind of moved by it. of just like, no, no, no. Exactly all, all the quotes you just said, but just you know, we, we're here, we're here with you. We got our droid bar. We're not sure why you're here. Um, We don't serve your kind, but um, we want to move forward together. So please give us that chance to keep doing that.
4: Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. And I, I, I was just sort of caught up in the, in the plot when I watched it uh, at midnight and I enjoyed it. Uh, But when I rewatched it this morning, I was like, this is, this is some top tier Star Wars. This is. Yeah. Yeah. Adding deeply to the canon uh, uh and the story and the morality of droids uh, and I did love that it starts with this tension and, and it really felt uh, um like it was a direct discussion with the original cantina scene where like everybody turns at three p one r two like what the hell are they doing here get them out of here right? right uh and the droids all just looking at the organics like what what what's gonna happen here <laughs> I,
6: <don't. laughs>
4: I also uh, i also think the um the droids also support this theme of the season theme of this episode of change in the face of trauma, questioning the new Republic that the new Republic has good intentions, but maybe they are overreacting at some points when mm. the, the droid says the new Republic uh, uh, would send that all the, all, all of us droids to scrap, but here in Plazir, uh they're given a second chance mm. mm-hmm. inviting you to question whether the new Republic is moving too fast to just like, if it touched Imperial, if it touched separatist, mm-hmm. melt it down. Yeah, uh, yeah, And it's, and it's also exactly what you're talking about. These droids saying like, Plazier 15 is a place of second chances in trying again to work together. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- those are my thoughts on, on culture. Uh, do you want to talk about leadership? Yeah, let's do it. Let's lead us there. Yeah, so uh, I think um, the episode is offers lots of ideas of what does it take to be a leader? Is it physical strength? you have to fight for it, like uh, the Mandalorians, you know? Is it wisdom, which uh, Bo-Katan and Din have, I think? Uh, is it tradition? Is it, you know, these are the rules of my culture, they are immovable? Uh, is it, you have to have a laser sword? Uh, or is it democratic will? Should it be the will of the people? Um There are all those questions raised by these different systems we see. Plaza 15 has a brand new ruling structure that embraces the symbolism, the history, the tradition of royalty, uh, but is also a direct democracy, um, which is Mm. fascinating. Um, Then we already talked about this, but but Din having a great rapport with the Ugnats is like that's his moment to kind of step up and be. A leader, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Bo-Katan does a great job with the droids. That's her moment to step up as be a leader. And then Din's like, you're the leader as we're going here to face Axe-Woves. What are you going to do, right? Uh, It was really a moment of Din going like, we've kind of been trading off who's leading uh, Mm -hmm. uh, on this little investigation. Uh, On on our well-run mass transit hyperloop to (laughs) Axe-Woves, I'm telling you, you're the leader. What are you going to do? It really raised that question to me. And ending with, hey, everyone here agrees Bo Katan's leader. She's got the darksaber. She saw a mythosaur. They don't know that. Uh mm-hmm. it, and to me that the ending was triumphant, but it was also like a the the uh the the dark cord of the armor, I heard of like, this is gonna be a ghoul cool with the armor. So mm-hmm. that was it for me for my thoughts on on leadership. I think just by presenting lots of different ideas of what does it take to be a leader, it it, it asks you to ask those questions that I think will be wrestled with in future episodes.
5: Yeah, I agree with it, and, and a lot of um leadership and, and trust and, and, and you know faith all kind of go together. And there's uh, I keep going back to this thing of there was um not that every one of these characters is perfect and every idea is perfect, I don't want that idea to be out there, but like just that it was all sincere. There's a lot of sincerity in this episode all the way
6: through,
5: mm-hmm. uh, and and that's to me one of the, the best ways to lead. It's 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 not always something you can do, and um, the only one. To me, the only one truly hiding something is is Hellgate. That's the point. Like you said, it's pretty much on the surface. And I think wonderfully delivered by Christopher Lloyd. The Empire. I mean, he's Christopher Lloyd to his core, but, you know, he <laughs> hit the right tones for me uh, on that. Um, yeah. And, and and I think there's some questions going forward. I I don't trust the armor as, as far as I can throw that helmet if I was to yank it off there. All right. Like, I, I, I can't wait for that confrontation. I can't wait for, you know. Other people, Moff Gideon, I might have some thoughts. Um, he has had- <laughs> yeah. So, still, so still some questions to be answered. But as, as as you go again, this final college term paper of cultures, leadership: how to move forward, how to lead, how to combine. Because it's easy to say, you saw the mythic sword, you got the mythic sword, yay, yay. This episode had a lot of logistics through it. That's <laughs> not as fun, but. I think they wrapped it up in this real fun way. We'll recognize you. We'll petition the New Republic. We'll do this. We'll do that. I think it uh, it, it laid the groundwork for the big
0: change coming.
4: Yeah, yeah. And, and almost a funny level of tension between the things that Star Wars can be. You know, people mm-hmm. who grew up with the original trilogy really like Star Wars being mythic, right? And then yeah. uh, the the prequels and a lot of the storytelling after that really got into the nuts and bolts and in, in in the details. And I love this contrast between like. Bo-Katan has the mythic sword. She might be able to ride the ancient beast of legend. Uh, also, she needs someone to petition the New Republic yeah. to recognize the sovereignty. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It really is both. Totally, totally, totally.
5: Yeah, no, and, and you, gotta, you do have a great shot there at the end. It's mm-hmm. also in the, in the park, you know.
6: <laughs>
5: in, in Central Park, where literally two Mandalorians are playing catch. I loved it.
4: Yeah, Uh, I got I got to look closer for the Mandalorians playing catch. Yeah, that's it's one of
5: the it's one of the establishing shots. It's great.
4: Okay, that's great. Uh, Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. it 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 did look it did look a little like definitely some some Mandalorian cosplay. That was uh very fun. Yeah, yeah, did a a group meeting up in the park. Uh, did you want to touch base at all on the on the title? What what was important to you about this one being called Guns for Hire?
5: Well, for me, uh, what was important is is what is that. Especially the beginning when you're seeing ex, ex woves and you're getting what's going on. Um, that term has, it's, 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 it's a group with no home, right? Uh, doesn't mean they don't have an ethos or their own kind of honor, but they're, they're out and about. They're on, un, they're untethered unless you pay them that type of idea. Um, seems very simple, but I, I so I carry that in this episode. This is about a, a group of, of folks, um, focused obviously on, on Bo and, and Mando. Um, not that they haven't, you know they know who they are. Then they're choosing side. This isn't DJ and Last Jedi going. Nah, I'm just here. I'm just playing both sides. It isn't that, but it is this. Um, it it just there's just such a, a, a no one's locked down. It is this constant state of movement and 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 um, and and no no one home, no one place, sleeping under a tree on a rock type of vibe, and that set mm-hmm. me up for what the journey was to me.
4: Yeah, I, I think for me, what I really liked about it is that it it attached back to our beginning with with Din is the you know the mm-hmm. bounty hunter right, and, and you know he's doing it to provide for the, the foundlings and his covert and all that. But there's that question of will he ever go back to it, and some real tension about whether being a gun for hire is honorable to a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Bo Dan says pretty straightforward, like I don't do that. Right, uh, right, right, right. But then when she is offered. A mutually beneficial exchange, you're like fine, well, that that's honorable. So, yeah. raising this question of is being just a gun for hire honorable, I think, is important to the future of the Mandalorians, and I think helps continue to raise this question of. Great, the Mandalorians are working together. They're surviving, if they survive, and if they thrive, and if they got nothing to do but play ball in the park, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Go for some steam baths uh, near the lava flats on okay. Navarro what is a warrior culture with no one to be at war with? Uh, mm. Would Paz Vizla look at the culture of, of, of this planet of Plazir 15 and go, mm. what? They just have time for art and to decide how to vote on every little thing. Disgusting, right? <laughs> it, it, <can laughs> Paz, could Paz visla live with that, you know?
5: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
6: <laughs> uh,
4: very very fun uh so thank you everyone uh for joining us for a longer look at the big ideas we are going to take a quick break ken do you have any other big idea things you want to talk about no let's get going okay let's hit that button take a break and head into canon lore action all sorts of
1: stuff back in a moment
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
3: Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at Burrow.com slash ACAST.
4: And we are back to continue our discussion of Chapter 22 of the Mandalorian Guns for Hire. There was some really uh, fun and intriguing canon and lore connections uh, and and some things that, as soon as they were said in the episode, Ken, uh, I don't know if you were like me, but I was like, oh boy, oh boy, that's really interesting. But, oh, the Twitter threats I can feel them, I can feel them already. Um,
5: uh, yeah, there was a lot of that once the episode, once that Nokia phone rang, I was like, oh, I might need to stay off Twitter. Thank God for Star Wars Celebration, we can just go celebrate.
4: Yeah, and the, the Nokia phone uh, is a style, uh, style thing, right? That's, yeah. Yeah. the Nokia phone is... is, is is to now as uh, the Ewoks are just teddy bears was to 1983, uh, so it will always be, in my opinion. That would show. What I was really affected by, and what I want to start with in the canon and lore, is the Dark Saber rabbit hole. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd miss that theory you were talking about from one of our specific listeners that this had been uh, that that Bocatan had technically won it. Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember some theories. Maybe we got some questions back in the day of of. Jumping into this, um, mm-hmm. you know, Adin says she defeated the enemy that defeated me. You know, it, did did she not earn it? And and Exo has to be like, yeah, yeah, she did. Uh, so now, did your head start spinning with, ooh, how would I track that? Like, well, Kamal had it here, and well, mm. Sidious defeated him. <laughs> right, right, right. In the in the Clone Wars episode, the lawless. So, did it belong to Sidious? Who defeated Sidious? Well. Mm. Is mm-hmm. it Darth Vader uh, but uh, but Luke <laughs> defeated Darth Vader, but he defeated Vader before Vader defeated Sidious and that's just one example and I know I know people are typing up long threads. I think there was one back in the day that followed that chain of like actually technically doesn't Luke Skywalker <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
5: yeah now yeah, no, I, yeah so, uh, how yeah. do you feel about all that? I'm going to wait for the the video that Alex is probably working on in a London hotel right now. Um, I'm talking to, I always, you know, I cross-reference pro wrestling a lot. I love looking at a history of the title, right? You can just, Brutus Martino dropped it here. And there's always like someone who had it for nine days, but they didn't make it to TV. So it's not like official, but they had it like, it's just, it's fun. It's weird. So I had, the, I had that vibe with this. I was like, okay. So to your point of like, I hadn't thought of that angle of like, Well, I mean, Sidious, he got the win. He got the win once. So what did he do? (laughs) It's it's kind of fun. And it's not, I don't think even if if Sidious got it and was like, I don't need this. I already got lightsabers. I got two. Um, It doesn't mean, doesn't devalue the myth or the purpose of the dark saber to me, but it is wild to track it.
4: No, it's it's really, really fun uh, canon uh, to track through uh, Mm -hmm. who... And you know, at the end of the day, Kenobi defeated Maul. So is that anything? Can you do anything with that? And anyway, <laughs> uh, um,
5: headline reads: Scrimshaw tries to make Kenobi have dark
4: saber. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Is there? I think mm-hmm. there's going to be a good-hearted discussion, and yeah. then I think there's going to be some adamant table pounding. Yeah, this right. is it turns out this is who really owns the dark saber. Yeah. What I think is important to the actual lore is not just you you defeat the enemy right mm. who, who, who is technically carrying it now but that that you want it and that you take it and that you acknowledge it right yeah. city has never wanted it and never made a thing of it right he doesn't have probably doesn't have respect for that tradition right totally. um totally. so i i think the ownership is a part of the ownership is claiming it right mm-hmm. <laughs> you know if, mm-hmm. if somebody came to luke skywalker with this theory of like okay we've been we've been learning a lot and it turns out you you uh, own this? He's like, no, I don't. I think the owner has to want it and claim it. And I think, from yeah. my, in my head canon right now, that's why it isn't a weird twisty. Well, turns out Luke Skywalker owns it. It is because he he doesn't want it. He wouldn't claim it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I think that has a lot to
5: do with it. And and, and I, I I the one I'm most curious about is 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 the switch from from Bocatan to Moff Gideon and how uh, you know and, and the why of it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, her first go around with it.
4: Yeah, I mean, I kind of really take it as he physically defeated her and took her
5: mm-hmm. which, by which the is why like, yeah, old Mandalore. Yeah, which is why she might have this down, downtrodden view of herself. Right, I lost mm-hmm. it. I, I wasn't powerful enough to keep it, and, and, and she's uh, that's not what it's about, obviously.
4: In in Bo Katan has always been somebody who's who struggles to uh, walk multiple paths. Right, mm-hmm. and and she didn't want uh, Sabine to just hand it to her in Rebels. But she was trying to embrace the new and then beating herself up because, you know, is that she didn't yeah. earn it. So, right. you know, and here she is again going, OK, I, technically I did earn it this time. Fair enough. Yeah. You found a loophole in. <laughs> yeah. I did. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, trucking along here. I do want to talk uh, canon wise about uh, <laughs> meeting a Confederacy of Independent Systems True believer, we get a mm-hmm. Count Dooku name drop. Uh, we learn that the nano droids that uh, are causing this infection in the, in the penthea originated with um, some techno union uh mm-hmm. experiments. Uh, so not just a um, bunch of great prequel era and, and Clone Wars era name drops, but I think, uh, I think for me, can some real meaning. We've mm. often talked about what is the story of the separatists Uh, people have asked why does the crawl of revenge of the sith say heroes on on both sides and for me the story has always been the the separatist military the people we see actively acting the true leaders um are sith lords (laughs) uh vicious warriors like general uh grievous who, who blows up hospitals and kills for pleasure uh, in dominance and a bunch of extremely greedy corporations who do not care who they hurt in the name of profit. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who had legitimate systems with the Republic that was not functioning well, and I think they got sold a bill of goods Mm -hmm. that that's what Dooku was doing for them. That's what all of these – The Corporate Alliance and the Techno Union, Trade Federation, that's what they're doing for them is making this better world. But I think it was always a lie. I think everybody involved in the Confederacy Mm -hmm. of Independent Systems were making a a better galaxy for domination and and profit. But there were people who had legitimate beliefs that they suckered. That's my uh, opinion. What's your take on it and how do you feel about seeing it in this era in this way?
5: Yeah, it's it's uh it's always fascinating because I think there's some there's there's always in, it's always important to to try to understand the the, the needs of, of people in stores, it might be planets or cultures or communities here, but the planets basically, right? Just, what are your needs? What are your needs being met? And, and often you might find that maybe maybe they're not. And so it's like, all right, cool. How do you deal with that going forward? Even if I don't I don't I don't live on your planet, so I don't understand what you need. Uh, I'm I'm urban. You're rural. How do I? How, what's what are your needs? And and they might be different. I might not understand them. But then when when you feel as though your needs are not getting met, and and how people uh, come to you, it's so easy for a duku to come to you and go, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, your needs aren't being met, right? Yeah, I agree with mm. you. Some examples. So what are you going to do about it, right? That's what duku's asking in the shadows. Uh, what are you going to do mm. about it? We're going to do about it because whatever you do, if it helps me get my power, because I don't give a damn about it for you, I really don't. I don't care what your needs. I care about my power. But I'm going to stoke. I'm going to stoke it up. That's how I see the separatists, and that's how I see it more. Growing up, and it seems weird to say growing up, but I was a lot younger when Attack of the Clones was out, so I've grown up. Um, you know, they were the bad guys. They were the bad guys. They were set up that way. It was, uh, but not. But I, I really don't think that's what George was saying. It's just that it was easy to go. We're fighting this Republic separatists. Don't like them battle droids. Roger Roger. Let's destroy them. And, and so you're not. You're not seeing it. You're not. You're not accounting for the the Sith Lords of it all. And, and mm-hmm. so that's why I see it more now. And to see this episode um, kind of highlight that kind of stuff. And and this season, and I see sometimes even with the new Republic, it gets to, I don't know, weird areas with me where there's, they, they, they do some drive by swipings of the new Republic, <laughs> even in this episode that again, are things we go, yeah, it's, it's probably a concern, um, but don't write them off yet. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I, I, that's, that's, that's all what I take out of this. And it keeps growing, not just with this, but, Bad Batch and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're seeing that a lot. Uh, yeah. And it makes the heroes on both sides think from the crawl in Revenge of the Sith uh, have more meaning to me of what it actually meant.
4: Yeah. And I mean, we get to see that with Mina Bonteri and the, the council and that. And mm-hmm. Dooku, mm-hmm. I think, had his, uh, a firm control over that. And hey, well, we saw it when Mina Bonteri almost tried to stop fighting and and go back to negotiations. Hey, what happened to Mina Bontari? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and some Sith Lord stuff happened to Mina mm-hmm. Bonteri. Um, I love what you're saying. I think is extremely insightful. Uh, I love the idea of talking about things in terms of needs being met. And I think just like happens in, in the real world throughout many, many histories, um, people have legitimate concerns. And a charming leader comes in and, and instead of saying, here is my ideas of how to legitimately fix and address those problems. Instead, the charming leader says, you know whose fault that is? Let's mm-hmm. go attack
5: them. Mm-hmm let's go get him. let's go get them, go get
4: them. <clears throat> yeah just focus on the anger just fo- those are the people who failed you it, mm-hmm. and and i think it does it, it it suckers people and it makes it feel like you're being seen and it makes it feel like your problems are going to be solved but like what did dooku say what what did yeah. dooku offer or did Do- dooku just offer it's the republic's fault let's tear him down yeah and then i'll actually help you with the things you need you legitimately need you know yeah yeah hmm powerful and i do think this was a this this episode to me was a win for the new republic there were some uh, moments of questioning yeah. it um but hey he was uh, captain jack black Bombardier was a mm-hmm. uh, a truly uh reformed imperial right uh, mm-hmm. uh who, yeah. who, who's, <laughs> yes. who's making yeah. a difference and yep there's some limitations put on their society but this society is working together to find a way around it
5: Yes. No. Okay. I, I was I stop and highlight that. I, I Apologize, everyone. I like Jack Jack Black. I apologize, so I'm defending this character. But no, I thought that's what it, what it, what it really represented to me was this um, was exactly what you're talking about. This idea of of uh, the amnesty program, which seemed uh, uh, awkward and weird and, and stifling at times, right? It seemed. It, it, but the the purpose of it, the goal of it. This is an example of. Of why it's there and, and how no one's being tossed up. The droids apparently were going to be smelted and sent off to Carthon, but um, <laughs> not Jack Black and uh, not Bombardier.
4: Yeah, yeah. That, and that is that was one of the fun things uh, the, in terms of canon that Carthon Chop Shops mentioned that uh, mm-hmm. we saw um, Migs Mayfield being uh, rescued from. And I yeah. think it's fist pumping when it's a bunch of, uh, you know, TIE fighters. Being taken yeah. apart, but then when it's a droid in a bar going, I don't want to be sent there. Yeah, <laughs> you question the New republican and it ties so well to uh, to Pershing saying all this equipment is perfectly good, and you're just tossing it, which I I think is to me like the the core of that episode. I think that's what breaks Pershing of like they're doing the same thing to me. I'm my skills are still perfectly good, and they're they're tossing me out. So uh, continuing questioning of the New Republic in this episode but I think a victory for the amnesty program.
5: Mm-hmm. No, I'm with uh, you.
4: I think so. Too. Awesome. Uh, the corn and Moncala history we, we we've touched on. There's ample storytelling in the clone wars during that era. There's some great storytelling even in, uh, in books about the resistance versus the first order era. Uh, I did go online to try to remind myself to, to Wikipedia of what was the corn's role in, uh, the Galactic Civil War, and mm. I think it's a little bit uh, open, because all that Wikipedia says is that the the Quarrens and the Moncala worked together during the Galactic Civil War. It's like, cool! And then I clicked on that, and the, the evidence that Wikipedia is providing is that in the video game Battlefront 2, you can be a, a Quarren <laughs> who We're- is a heavy gunner. <laughs> like... I love Battlefront too. I think I've played a heavy gunner as a Quarren. Yes. I, I don't know if that locks in the storytelling for the Quarren's uh, yeah. you know, behavior during the reign of the Empire.
5: Yeah, I would agree with that. But I'll, but you know what? I'll 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 take it. I guess. <laughs> I'll
4: take it. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, let's go to Quill. Uh, Quill yeah. is invoked. Uh, I have spoken is used. How did you feel about that? Did you feel that there's a possibility that? those Ugnots knew Queel or was it simply that Din was invoking being a friend to an Ugnot and speaking to them in their own cultural manner?
5: Uh, that's a great question. I think my first viewing was um, that they worked with Queel. Yeah. You know, we haven't mm-hmm. talked since retired, but oh gosh, how's he doing? That's how I took it. I think the second time around, I took it more of a general sense of, of, I knew this Ugnot and, and, and I, and I knew his name and I say, you know, just the fact that he said, I've spoken that they're kind of like, oh i got it you, you you understand us um so maybe somewhere in the middle lies the actual truth or go with go with your heart maybe they're maybe one of them's quill's cousin i don't know but um, that's i take the general sense more
4: yeah that, that's the way I, I took it as well of like this is somebody who is coming down here and instead of just yelling at them or rolling their eyes as yeah. i think i am i am a friend uh to you to, i consider you friends you know i consider uh you know uh, this mm-hmm. person this this like not a friend and and then everything from there would totally just understanding their culture and respecting it like din made clear in the episode yeah um we don't need to run down every alien and droid <laughs> in no. the background uh there is a, a lot of that but there's a couple fun things i thought it was great uh in, in the the dinner table uh, roll call that uh there were some of uh the the frog ladies people <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was just a scurrier on the table How did you, uh, from, we've seen them on Tatooine before But uh, how did you feel that there was just a, a, a rodent running around on the table?
5: You know, I, I was raised with pet rats And, and uh, I'm used <laughs> to this, I used to have my rat Just, uh, you know, kind of burrow around my neck In my shirt collar, just sleep there It would pee on you, it was great, it was a fun time So I had no problem <laughs> It worked. <laughs> that whole scene, I love that scene. There's uh, That's definitely a, a pause and look scene
4: oh yeah no uh Rodian, salston ethorian bith ishi Tib, uh I, I, a lot of great
5: i actually i actually kind of said to myself I was like oh this is where all the aliens from andor went
4: <laughs> yep they are really building up that model shop we got them we're putting them in there We're putting them in their modeling mm-hmm. costume shop uh the, the droid bar roll call you know there's a lot of great stuff in there is the the rick series droid that uh Drove the rickshaw and attacked the clones, the uh, RX series droids, uh, you know, from, from Disney, uh, yeah. like uh, R3X, who is uh, now the DJ in Oga's Cantina, of course, originally the pilot on the original uh, Star Tours, RX-24, uh, EV series droid. Uh, great to see the droid uh, type from Force Awakens, maybe the same droid, the BU-4D, Burly loden droid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And great to see the reprogrammed ITO in the droid morgue.
5: Yeah, in the Droid Morgue uh, with uh, uh oh, I the great Jen Colbert uh, played that lab tech. She's a wonderful stand-up comic, been around for years. But uh, I used to do shows with her at the Improv uh, years Aww. ago, and um and uh, made me realize I need to work at being a better comic. She's she's a unique uh, presence on stage. Um, great to see her. I loved everything about it. Love, I love that the the chef droid just gets. They're just he's they're everywhere now.
6: <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> I and think that they one
5: were. probably murdered. I don't know. What,
4: <laughs> turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> just. The- I think there was some. I I think some some uh, throats were opened.
6: Yes, yeah.
4: assaulting yeah. going on. Yes, well, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. I, I I I like that. I, I like to now uh picture uh Commissioner Hellgate just having. You know, droids rip open people's furniture and like, mm-hmm. <sighs> not enough, not, not enough. enough. Got escalate, escalate. Yeah. yeah, no, that that uh, COO droid is uh, they got one. It's gonna it's gonna pop up now. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on to uh, more canon stuff. Uh, Nepenthe is new to Star Wars, but that's about it that it's new to. Uh, Nepenthe, uh, according to Wikipedia, is a possibly fictional medicine for sorrow, a drug of forgetfulness mentioned in ancient Greek literature in Greek Mm -hmm. mythology depicted is originating in Egypt. Uh, It is referenced in Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Uh, In particular, a a dangerous spark to relight the Star Wars versus Star Trek wars. Nepenthe was uh, featured prominently in the uh, first season of Picard. It was the title of the episode, I believe, and it was the planet Riker and Troy were living on in retirement. So if you watch mm-hmm. Star Trek and Star Wars, and you're like, Nepente, Nepente.
6: Hmm.
4: That, that's, uh, that's where Riker lived. Uh, did you have any Nepente thoughts or feelings?
5: I, I did not, other than a beautiful word that sounded vaguely familiar, like I might have rolled some dice to drink it before, but I uh, <laughs> love, that, love that connection, actually.
4: Yeah, I love that idea of uh, it is medicine for sorrow. And mm-hmm. that's what the droids are getting together and enjoying. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, my last canon thing is one that I'm so curious to see how you feel about. Uh, there is yet another phrase that is from the Mandoverse that is being used again, I think, in an effort to make it seem as though it is definitely a big part of the galaxy. Uh, the Cad Bane quote <laughs> from the Hellgate. If that isn't the Quokta calling S- the Stifling Slimy. Yes. How you doing? How you doing with that, Ken?
5: I I I think I currently like it, right? <laughs> I think I currently like it. Yes, I, I've, I've expressed some Star Wars swear words. Sometimes stand out a little bit too much for me. You know, uh, you think Jack Black takes you out of the story. I think you know Carabas sometimes does for me. Not from Zeb, by the way. But um, I I'm 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 good with it. I like it. It was a fun callback.
4: Yeah, it, it worked for me. It was creepy when Cad Bane said it, and it was fun yeah. for me to imagine. Yes, <laughs> Christopher Lloyd going, uh, "Okay, okay, what does this one mean? What are these words? All right, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah." yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other canon or lore thoughts from you? I uh, um, no, no,
5: no, 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 just love it. I mean, some you know, anytime you get a Dooku name check in two thousand twenty three, it's gonna be fun and exciting.
4: Oh, so, uh, thrilled! Remember. Thrilled. Uh, let's talk action, uh, maybe a little less action uh, in this episode, which is, I think, maybe one of the things that people are are responding to. How did you feel about the action? Do you have any favorite beats?
5: Yeah, you had, look, you had a great fight there at the end. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I put down an action. Uh, the Hyperloop pods were just great action themselves. Um, you know, I, I mm-hmm. speed It's just like a fun Disneyland ride. Uh, I, I, I'm counting that as action to start
4: yeah absolutely um i you know i i I usually try to keep my actions to like yeah combat set pieces but Mm. i had to add the corn and mon tentacle (laughs) it's it's action
6: it's action
4: (laughs) it's action Mm. it it, i think it was um it was uh intriguing to me on multiple levels (laughs) i don't Mm. mean like intriguing Mm. uh no it's it's um I think the the world building, the canon of it, like we talked about, it's important to the episode. It's important to this era of time. They even say, like, we're we're trying to move forward after the war pretty directly. Uh, But it's also just like, that's a Bryce Dallas Howard special of, like, let's take the weirdest aliens we can find and create true tenderness and emotion. Home. And I feel like the 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 Mon uh, or the Quarren's tentacles reaching out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a Bryce Dallas Howard special.
5: Absolutely, she finds um, just a certain warm spirit in, in everything she she brings to Star Wars so far. I mean, from the Sorgan episode uh, and beyond, I, I think that's one of the things people react to. Um, and what I love too, I think even I might feel guilty of like you know. Well, Bryce is a mother and she brings this. That's, don't, I don't, I'm not saying that to limit her. She goes so far beyond that here to, to love connection, um, warmth. Grogu, the, Grogu has some wonderful moments in this episode, mm-hmm. <laughs> just some wonderful laughter, joy. Uh, she able, is able to bring that in, uh, to Star Wars while also handling, you know, the armor and, and Paz and Din in a, in a sci-fi world. She, she handles it all so well. Racing mm-hmm. speed, the N1, all that stuff. So love it. Love it
4: yeah yeah absolutely don't don't want to limit her to that by any means uh, yeah. but it is clearly something that's like eh, look beyond that the weird fish people what's the emotion what's the yeah. emotion and, exactly. and is very good at that you know
5: that's what she does and you're, No, you know you're so right that's it that's the skill
4: um some other actions for me i i loved i loved them just uh tearing through the city uh chasing mm-hmm. that B two battle droid, and uh, I love the terrifying Terminator run uh, that it was doing. But in oh, particular, God. didn't crashing through the window and sliding on the floor, uh, mm-hmm. leading up to that uh, Bo-Katan double blaster pose hero shot. That, that was one of my yeah. favorite moments.
5: Yeah, that no, was great. I love the the run. So curious how they put that together. You know, with this stunt performer, and then they put the B two over and whatever. It just was. It, it, there was one particular run around the corner. I just like I saw a human in a good in a good way. Where I was like, Yeah, oh,
6: that's great. Yeah.
4: Me too. Me too. Is like that was some good mocap or CGI because it did look like that droid could slip. Um, I also did like you know I think it was really good to see Din wield the dark saber to make it more prominent in our mind, and I really liked the chop on the morg droid. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. I liked
4: it right down the middle. Yeah. Uh, anything else for you, or is it all in the the big katan versus Axwell yeah, fight?
5: Yeah, it's in the fight. It's in the it's in the fight. But you know, it, it's all. Un- not surprised, you know. It's two mandos fighting. It's very Clone Warsy uh, animated side of Star Wars, mm-hmm. which is great, and including some great beats of the missing all that stuff. You know, Bo Katan using a jump pack to uh, drop kick, just like she earlier used the jump pack to leap over the debris, which I thought was great. If I if I have a jetpack, I'm doing that all the time. Uh, you should see me in an airport with a jetpack. I'm just going to push right to uh Axe, uh, wolves, rocket pack spear, a lot of wrestling moves with jet packs is in is, rocket packs is, is what that fight was about. But I'll say this as fun as it was, once he finally got to it, 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 it wasn't the highlight. Maybe I thought it would have been, you know, and, and I mean that in an, in an okay, good way, where it's just like, there was there were so many other things going on this episode it was like, Oh, plus we got a fight.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the actual fight and it really did remind me of, 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 Clone Wars uh, I had a little oh. bit of time to kill before the uh before Mandalorian because I was just I, I I frankly I hadn't uh had food all day and I sat down with a frozen pizza at 10 30 like I want to stay in Star Wars mode yeah, yeah. what am I going to watch so I watched uh, the Clone Wars episode The Lawless uh that's got some mm. great Bo-Katan action so I was totally in Bo-Katan action mode in, in a lot of it is that sort of Clone Wars of like it is blasters and ropes and flamethrowers and jetpacking toward each other, but then they always get up close and they they knife and they fist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great use <laughs> um, of shield too. Yeah, yeah. So I really liked just that that general vibe, and I think the other thing is, um, I felt the stakes of the action. Cutting to that shot of Grogu kind of leaning back, like Ooh. Um yeah. and seeing kind of both sides tense, wanting. Mm-hmm. To get into it, you know, but needing to hold back, and I, I this uh, season has really made me connect with Katan and I, you know, I felt it when there was the fear of her losing, getting punched. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I think my favorite moment was uh when she is thrown off the ship, uh and then uses the rope to to pull Axe down.
5: Oh yeah, no, that was yeah,
4: great, good yeah. coordination too. Yeah. Good job, Bo Katan. All right, let's move on to comedy and whimsy. Uh I think this episode wanted there to be a lot of comedy and whimsy and fully acknowledge that it uh might not land for uh, all viewers, but there was a lot that landed for me. What landed for you, Ken?
5: Overall, just I mentioned the joy of Grogu and and, and um the Duchess and Bombardier's um reaction to to grogu but just grogu kind of re- reacted to their love and that there was a, when she says oh we, we forget the exact line but you know he's much and, and we fell in love and there's a cut to grogu and he laughs he laughs, <laughs> and he's so joyful and, every, and even him using the force to, to help her get that uh the all the points there the the quad blast i've never seen it. i i love all that so grogu is at the center of, of the whimsy of this episode um even her waving goodbye to him I I I was on board for it again might not be friend. everyone you might be pointing at the screen and going but I don't know that's Lizzo I uh, can't uh, I don't know I don't know it just
4: hit me in the right spot yeah I I I think that's great to hear because I think that is the, the point of like wh- what what are we fighting for uh, joy and, and right. this is this is people who are finding it they're working together they at, at a table having having mm-hmm. a banquet they're playing games it's great um yeah. I liked a lot of the world building. I loved the the Quarren's uh, tank chair and fish cocktail. That was really great. Yeah, great, fun, weird world building. I did like uh, Bombardier's uh, first line there, Mandalorians. I hope you like secretions. Yeah, <laughs> take a little sip, sip. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. M- maybe a little much for me, but I really liked. I hope you like secretions, and I love that world building. That they're not just eating things off a plate. The yeah. whole table is working together, sucking out of a space fishbowl <laughs> absolutely. absolutely great world building uh and i also thought that there was some some jokes that got to the sort of the tension of like the the nokia phone is on purpose because it is the warriors going into a happy bouncy place um and and i thought that line where uh <laughs> where uh space lizzo with the duchess says uh hey g- can i can i hold him Mm-hmm. and Din says he doesn't take kindly to strangers and Grogu <laughs> flips for fish and snuggles yeah. uh, to me that's again one of those moments where like that's the episode telling you what it is it yeah. it knows these parts are bouncy, yeah. fun, joyful, silly and again understand not everyone landed for me but that one did because it was about the contrast between those worlds
5: yeah again I highlight uh, Bombardier's line join us come it's a party that's what that part of that was. <laughs> and it never moved from that
4: yeah, uh, any other
5: individual moments for you? Uh, a couple lines. Uh, Din saying Ugnots always seem so sure of themselves was just really. I, I thought that was funny, and and it made me a lot of this episode. Quill, obviously, but a lot of this episode, seeing Ugnots work and seeing them having coffee at the break table, just made me want to go spend more time on Cloud City. <laughs> see what that was like over there.
4: I really love the Ugnots. I love the the mm-hmm. just the, the full on in hair that the main Ugnaught had uh I loved it when Din said we know that ugnats are considered the hardest working species in the galaxy and there's that grunted agreement in head nods you know yeah yeah, we are uh yeah I'm sure many people have had many experiences so I'm not saying it's unique but to me that spoke to a a part of uh the midwestern culture that Mm. that I'm from where you know you could get a lot of people working hard, uh, you know, taking a break, uh, having, having their, their morning omelets <laughs> yeah. dressed in flannel and get that kind of, mm-hmm, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I loved it. So I really, really uh, enjoyed that and thought mm-hmm. it was uh, funny and super respectful to the, to the Ugnaughts. Um yeah. I also like the, the droids misbehaving montage The in <laughs> particular seeing some, some B1 comedy of just ripping open those boxes. Yes.
5: Yes, yes. Everything really would be what you know. I want to slip out of the droid bar for a second. Even, even the the doc, uh, uh, you know, uh, boss uh, there, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the battle droid. We, you and I have mentioned this before. Maybe we'll mention it again. But to to be there in attendance in, at the panel in 2019, and have just Favreau say, I, I, "I'm not a huge fan of the prequels," but Dave's working on me. That moment, you and I could just compare contra- compare it to so many moments in Mando, especially season three. And I don't <laughs> wonder what that John would say because these scripts certainly hadn't been written yet, of, of you've got Matthew Wood doing battle droid humor. It, amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing to me. I loved everything about it, especially because you and I followed the plight of the battle droids and the Clone Wars and the Rebels mm-hmm. and other animated mm-hmm. shows. Um, it's, uh, I just, they got a huge kick out of that.
4: No, there's a part of me who's watching this episode is like, Filoni got him. <laughs> <He> got
6: him. <laughs> he's
4: like, I know you are I know you're an original trilogy kid and you were expecting X, Y or Z, but here's what they're really about. Here's the ideas, here's why they went. Whim- like, it, j- it just really feels like mm-hmm. uh Favreau is diving into the ideas and the world building yeah. of the prequels, you know, and really putting them down on the timeline and going how do they affect everything else as exactly. well as embracing the whimsy, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, spe- speaking of which, was I I almost wanted to include it in action but it's more comedy. Just I love that Din is so honorable so thoughtful but also just like uh can i punch it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is uh his his first instinct and just kicking the droids to see which one will uh, <laughs> those, uh, <laughs> react poorly uh, hilarious and then my favorite uh, b1 line was when they they left running after the yeah. the b2 saying you should have left him alone
5: yeah, maybe not wrong but yep <laughs>
4: Yep. <laughs> any other moments for you
5: uh, a couple of uh, Bombardier has a great line I have a feeling you hated me I like that nobody leaves a blue protocol droid tries to slink out which I took as an <clears> episode <throat> that does respect droids it really you know keeps some of that C-3PO protocol droid is, is slagging <laughs> on you know. um, mention the bo- politics Bo-Katan lives all those lines there. I have one other big uh, final one to end but I, those are some lines I loved
4: uh, no, I love that, uh, the the blue protocol droid trying to leave. Mm-hmm. I, I like the description of what Nepenthe is. It is a viscous lubricant that protects against mechanical wear while delivering program-refreshing sub-particles. <laughs> okay. uh, not quite as high as uh, the wonderful, the client line mm-hmm. about uh, the libations that celebrate the closing of a shared narrative. But I, I might try to memorize that line and, and use it to order a drink at a bar and see how that goes. Oh, that's- we'll try that in london <laughs> yeah grogu using the force to help uh help the duchess cheat was was also fun and i think good to okay. keep his force use uh present yep. that's it for me though so what is your uh your no, last one ben. i'm
5: not this isn't comedy um this is whimsy to me they pass by on the street and there's a collection of all white grav scooters and i just <laughs> thought that was a they are part of star wars whether you want to believe it or not these ones are all kind of Maybe their colors fit more into this world. Uh, we get it. But grad scooters exist.
4: Maybe this is the planet they ordered them from. Maybe. The the, the Tatooine youth. Maybe this is where <laughs> they got them from. Yeah. So love that. Uh, I did not notice that. So thank you for pointing out. Now I am excited for my next rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that we haven't uh, talked about that you wanted to touch on?
5: Uh, no, no, no. I, I, the one big question I had was the, 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 dark saber pass in at the end. And, and this episode, just the discussion kind of took that question away from me. Uh, so there you go. I think we've, we've touched on all the things of we, we, Hey, we get it. This one's certainly not for everyone. And, and, and not one that I would, if I was sitting down to, to make someone, uh, love star Wars might not be one of the first choices. I totally get it. But, uh, at the same time, the spirit is there.
4: Yeah. No, I very much agree with that. I think for me, this episode was just rich with world building and design. So a couple things that I just wanted to shout out. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love the redressed stormtroopers in the palace. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have helmets, but they do have the armor and they're, they're redressed as almost like, you know, <laughs> medieval mm-hmm. knights uh, with their tunics and their capes. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I loved them. absolutely loved them.
5: Yeah, Grogu's uh, Sir Grogu now, right? So, yeah.
4: Yeah, exactly. Love <laughs> yeah. Uh that. Yeah, that, that, I'm very curious to see if that comes back up. And I really also, I just got to shout out design-wise, I love the Duchess's weird floating energy flower. Oh, that was. That is, go for it. No, that was, it was just, it was just beautiful. That was beautiful. It was. It was just like the designers going like, okay, we want to, you know, evoke, Mm-hmm. A, a Naboo-like level of, of pomp. There's there's mm-hmm. history here. There has been royalty here, but now, like Naboo, there's still royalty, and they still have this tradition. But they're democratically elected, so it really does tie to Naboo. How can we? How can we? Uh, Padme this up, yeah. <laughs> you know? And going like, here's a here's a really different idea. Somehow, yeah. there's a floating energy flower behind her.
5: You, you know? know, and it uh, was wonderful. Wonderful cosplay opportunities. Uh, in chatting with our buddy Ken Plume, he said, look, there's there's a lot of... This episode put a lot of cosplay opportunities for people of different shapes and sizes, and that's not a bad thing in Star Wars at all. I love that. And and this episode celebrated everyone as they are. And uh, I, I can't wait to see. Maybe it won't be time for London, but the cosplayers work so fast. So maybe by <laughs> Sunday we'll see some Duchess uh, uh, outfits. but uh, And Jack Black, too. Uh, yeah. I, w- I would wear that. Uh, that would fit well on me and my shape and my beard. So I loved all that yeah. design stuff. This episode... You could just see the Doug Chang, Doug Chang's of the world and Doug Chang himself, everyone involved, just having a ball designing this episode.
4: Yeah. To say we, we, George Lucas has always cared about world building, about culture building, about making these -hmm. civilizations feel real. Let's knock it out of the park. And I think, I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and uh, if anybody wants to cosplay Duchess um, and, and wants to to make me an energy flower costume, I'd be happy to walk <laughs> behind <laughs> cosplay just that part uh, in support of all the duchesses out there. Uh, let's talk about predictions or hopes for next week. I slotted this in here, Ken, because I, I want to be sure to discuss it because I, I think I've I've seen people bringing it up and in, in I I do understand the question. Um, they talk about retaking Mandalore throughout uh, the show in the season, and they talk specifically about how the fleet will really help retake Mandalore. And I have seen the question of, um, retake Mandalore from what? Uh, So where do you go with that? Do you think that Bo-Katan is is responding to the fact that I have physically been there, it's overrun with the Alzamites, Uh, Mm -hmm. that spider guy uh, is emblematic of the fact that the planet has probably now been overrun by different strange, monstrous, unknowable things. Do you think that's where Bokatan is coming from? Or do you think that the show just hasn't told us a bit of information yet?
5: I think there's a bit of information missing. Uh, I think it, whether you believe Gideon's out there or not, and I'm talking about if you're a character in the story, Got to imagine that maybe there's some belief that there's still someone you have to defeat to take it. So whether it's down on the ground like you're describing with the, with the inhabitants of it now holding on to it might be part of it. Like retaking Mandalore might also mean we got to make sure no one is upset that we're back and holding on to it might be part of it as well. But I think there's to me some some information not yet revealed.
4: Yeah, I I think there's a possibility that we haven't been told something yet. Or if it's just we are Mandalorians and we are trained to expect resistance and conflict
6: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
4: whatever is going to encounter us there, we need to be ready for. Maybe it, maybe they feel like they need the fleet uh, not just to retake it but to to rebuild it, right? To yeah, yeah, could be, um, yeah. replenish it, um, that kind yeah. of thing. Indeed. Uh, yeah. So who knows? I think in terms of predictions or hopes, I, I think that that fleet getting the fleet back is. I think we are gearing up to uh, a larger spectacle of an ending as uh, Moff Gideon uh, Mm -hmm. attacks the Mandalorians and uh, we'll see if their alliances can hold. I I feel like sort of thematically and big battle. I feel like that's where we're heading. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. All right. We are going to close out this episode. So, hey, we can get on a plane. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are going to slide under. A two-hour episode <laughs> of the Mandalorian Report as we close uh, with one of our favorite topics: what action figures or merch would we want inspired by this episode? Uh, besides your Bombardier costume, Ken, what would you like?
5: Oh, uh, a Bombardier and Duchess uh, two-pack would be great in any scale. I, I do want the the Droid Bar. We've been waiting for the Droid Bar. It's one of the last kind of trailer shots, right? That's there. So, give me uh, one of those. Um, you can make a three and three quarter. Uh, I'm thinking like I have the Endor Bunker three and three quarter. They released years ago with the ATSD, some Ewoks and rebels, you know, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, give me that, give me that, give me that, but the
6: droid bar.
4: Yeah. They've made the uh, Navarro Cantina. They mm-hmm. haven't made the school version yet. Uh, but Hey, I would love a resistor bar playset. but if we can't get that yet, I am in love with that blue protocol droid, Ken. That that, oh, love it. that protocol droid was not just blue. That was a special blue. And they okay. got to do some comedy. <laughs> uh, I deeply need an action figure of that blue protocol droid. And I would like to continue the collection of, you know, actors who it's fun that they're in Star Wars. So I would uh, love a Christopher Lloyd Commissioner Hellgate action figure. But in particular, I would love it if the accessory was a, a large Count Dooku poster that he keeps on his wall. <laughs> a fan one, kind of like <laughs> Anakin's pod race poster. Yeah. I like that. Yep. A propaganda of like Dooku mm-hmm. will show the way kind of poster mm-hmm. that he, That's he beautiful. kisses before bed every night. <laughs> <laughs> he was
5: robbed. I tell you. <laughs>
4: All right. You want to let people know where they can find us.
5: Uh, you can find us at the Excel center. That's where you're going to find us the next few days. It's going to be a lot of fun here as we had to start a celebration. So you're going to want to follow along. So We have updates. Um, you know, real shorts, everything, tweets, uh, pictures of, of frozen pizzas. We find it. Uh, you know, I already found a pizza joint near there, Joseph. We're gonna have some pizza. Ooh. It's gonna be good. Um, so yeah, uh, on on Twitter at Four Center Pod, Instagram, uh, Facebook is Four Center Podcast. I always say we're on Hive Social. We're not too active there right now, so that's probably not we're gonna be where we'll be doing some updates. Uh, but if you want to follow us, that's a spot. Uh, and uh, don't forget uh, that you uh, also can follow us on YouTube. Subscribe over there so you don't miss a video. Uh, anything that we post. Uh, we'll have some gear, so we're going to do some episodes. Joseph has posted the schedule update, so follow along there. Podcast available, a lot of spots on Acast, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and more. Just search, you'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And, of course, you can support us directly, as so many of you uh, have for a while, and so many of you are joining us at patreon.com slash force center. Uh, Follow me at Ken Go to my website, KenNapsok.com. I am highlighting my my own YouTube channel, which I'm putting more content on there, including game streams. So Mm. you can hear the one. That was me and Ken. And Brian Ward joined on and played with us from midnight. NAS, his new YouTube channel. So it was a lot of fun. So check that out. YouTube, that's my name. Uh, That's all I need to know. Joseph, where can they find you?
4: Yeah, you can find me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. I am on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Mastodon. Hopefully a lot of fun stuff from London. Maybe I'll do some not unboxing of action figures uh, that I buy there. We'll see how much time I have. You can also check out my YouTube channel. Uh, there's a lot of stand-up comedy. There are some short films, a lot of fun stuff on that. You can just search uh, for Joseph Scrimshaw on YouTube. Uh, and like, like Ken said, I think a, a great summary of this episode. I want to be sure that we put it out there. Uh, I think the, this season of Mandalorian is, is different. I think it is expanding uh, its palette. I think it's expanding what it's covering. I think uh, I think the show did start out a little bit more like let's focus in on this uh, lone hunter and now it's lone wolf and cub. These two against the galaxy and it's really, it's getting bigger and I think it is getting brighter and I definitely understand if if people are Wrestling with that. Uh, But I really do feel like the ideas are really exciting. The world building is really exciting. And if you are interested in that kind of stuff, digging in, uh, it has a lot to offer. So I know this episode is a little bit more, um, you know, uh, perhaps controversial. So I wanted to put that positive spin out there while also recognizing how people feel that is it uh for myself for ken for that beautiful blue protocol droid this has been the mandalorian report